Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Kevin and Bean Show. Sounds like diarrhea to me. K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show and the world-famous K-Rock coming up on 6 a.m. Muggs and I holding down the fort during the holiday season. Hello, Good Mug. morning, Jensen. Uh, it's Tuesday, December 17th, and it is time to find out what's happening. Uh, now, Muggs. Yes. How well do you know comedian, actor, writer Kumail Nanjiani? You know, it's funny that you mentioned this because mm-hmm. I saw a picture. Is this what you're going to talk that's about? All, that's all anyone's okay, talking about. Yeah, I saw this picture yesterday of mm-hmm. what Jensen is about to describe. Yes. And I thought it was Photoshopped. I had no idea. Right. No idea. Tell him what it is. Well, you may know him from movies like The Big Sick or the TV show Silicon Valley, uh, but you would never recognize him from his work on Instagram yesterday when he broke the internet posting a shirtless photo of himself with an extremely buff physique that he trained for while filming an upcoming Marvel movie called The Eternals. Unreal. Now, it's not like a... It's beyond a buff body. It's just... He's ripped. He's ripped, and he has like... He has veins that like yeah. spell out his name on his arm. Yeah, that, like are popping out. Mm-hmm. And he has got he's got Popeye forearms. How do you make that? How do you get that kind of vein? It was all about diet. Well, diet. That's what, what he he said that it involved nutritionists and yeah. trainers, and he knew that without the money of a studio like Marvel, he would have never yeah. been able to maintain the body. And just zero zero percent body fat. That's how the veins pop out that you you, you thought you never had. Did. Yes, yeah. it's 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 nuts. It did want me. It motivated me. To do steroids, <laughs> which I don't think is what it was supposed to do, but I saw it immediately and was like, "Yeah, human growth hormone would, would go a far away with me. Well, uh, you know, Josh Gordon, he, he could help you out. That's right. right a lot of people. <laughs> uh, well, debuting the new build on social media, Nanjiani admitted he had never thought he'd be one of those people who post a thirsty shirtless photo, uh, but he made an exception because, quote unquote, I've worked way too hard for way too long. The movie, The Eternals, is set to debut in November 2020. It will also star Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, and Richard Madden. And I guess that'll be the first time we see the new version of buff Kumail Nanjiani. Now, I've known Kumail for like a decade. Yeah. I knew him when he first moved to Los Angeles. Uh, I have worked with him numerous times. I never would have expected. I was on this podcast about playing video games. Yeah. Like, it is not the person I thought that would eventually become... uh, a meathead. He might be the next action star. He because probably of this picture. is. He's a buff boy. It's insane. Buff boy. You think he'll just let it all go when? when... Um, <laughs> I would love it. Uh, but it's the Chris Pratt thing, right? Yeah. It's like you take the funny guy and make him super buff. Yeah. And... Me like it. Uh, I recently made an argument to friends that I thought that Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is the greatest song ever written. Wow. Ever. I think it is the greatest song ever of written. Of all time. All time. And it seems to be not as much of a hot take now. Because the self-proclaimed Queen of Christmas, Mariah Carey, has landed the number one spot on the Hot 100 for her famous holiday hit, All I Want for Christmas is You, for the first time ever this week. Wow. Uh, The track was released 25 years ago. It had hit number three on the charts, but never all the way to the top until just today. So she recorded the holiday classic at the young age of 24, which is part of my I Think It's Greatest Song Ever Written, because at 24... I mean, could we have written this song? No. Maybe you, Muggs. Yeah, of course. But not me. She recorded uh, this song, and do you know how much in royalties she's made in the last 25 years? 
How much in royalties in the last 25 now, years? couple hints. It showed up in movies like Love Actually. Mm-hmm. It was covered by Audre, uh, Adriana, Gra- Adriana Grande. Ariana. Jesus. Ariana. I sound like, like uh, Kevin. Kevin. And CeeLo Green. Wow. So three big Well, I mean, those are, those are big-ish. In movies. I'm going to go ahead and say over 24 years, she has collected over, let's say, $20 million in royalties. She has made... $60 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> From one song she wrote at 24 years Holy old. Holy God. Amazon will be debuting a mini documentary called uh, Mariah Carey's Christmas, which chronicles the entire history of the song. And this is Mariah Carey's 19th number one hit. Oh. oh it doesn't sound. This is it. I don't recognize this. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Can you believe she was 24 when she wrote wow. this? Wow, I, I thought I heard the song last week. And no, this is it. It didn't this sound. I I don't know who she's writing about, uh, but he sounds great. She sounds older in this, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, great. So that's it. <laughs> this is actually the real Mariah Carey song that everyone loves. Here it is. There it is. It's a bop, man. Yeah. It's a good hit. I'd like oh, it. Oh, you're, you're, you're snapping. snapping. Yeah. yeah. That means you love it. I love it. People love when you snap on the radio. I love it. I'd like to thank uh, bartender at O'Grady's Ramson for playing that song on the jukebox in like March. Oh, I love in, that. In, love that. You know, there's June, no need to July. only play it in the winter. He'll just sneak attack, sneak attack of oh, a raspberry all I want for Christmas on you. It's a hit. Uh, Polestar has released their annual list of most successful tours of 2019, and number one to me is a total shock. I think, at least. Uh, this list chronicles how many tickets are sold to concerts and how much money is generated from those ticket sales. I have the top ten list. Uh, Destiny, if you want to bring your mic up too, you can you can guess. Uh, top ten. Mm-hmm. Give me some names you could come up with. Most tickets sold, most money made. Okay, ready? 2019. Yeah. 2019. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Post Malone. Post Malone is not on the list. Oh. Drake. Drake is not on the list. You guys are killing it. All right. How about how about uh, Migos. Migos is not on the what list. The? Happy we have our uh, holiday crew in today. <laughs> Destiny? Uh, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran is on the list. Oh. He's number three, okay? okay. 211.7 million earned. He sold 2.4 million tickets, which technically is the most tickets sold, right, but let's... not the most money generated. All right, let's go another uh, Brit. Okay. Sam Smith. Sam Smith is not on the list. Jesus. Mugs killing it. Destiny? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is not on the list. I don't think she toured technically. She'll be touring this next year, but go on. Same with like a Billie Eilish, who will show up on next year's list, not all this right, year. All right, all right, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it now. Yes. Uh, let's go. Um, Beyonce didn't tour this year, did she? Beyonce did not tour. Did not tour. Uh, again, n- number one you would never come up with, which is crazy. Hmm. Um, Destiny, I'll give you one more, and then we'll go over the list. Uh, let's see. Gosh, I can't even think. You said no Billie Eilish. No Billie Eilish. That's going to be a 2020 name. Uh, All right, here yeah. we go. Chris Brown? Chris Brown, no. Uh, thank God. Uh, okay, <laughs> number number 10, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. okay so over 700,000 tickets sold. Uh, Michael Buble, number nine. Uh-huh. Million tickets sold. Ariana Grande, 
Number eight. I was going to guess that. All right. Number seven, John Bon Jovi. Oh, John Bon Jovi. Yes. Uh, good good he, guy. 1.3 million tickets sold. Number six, I thought you guys would get this one, BTS. 1.3 oh, million sure. tickets sold. Number K-pop. five. Number five, always on this list, the Rolling Stones. Mm. Uh, only sold 784,000 tickets, but they made 177.8 million. Wow. Uh, number four, Metallica. Metallica. 1.7 million tickets sold. We got Ed Sheeran, number three, which was the only one you two pathetic guessers got. <laughs> number two, Elton John, 212 million, 1.56 tic- uh, million tickets sold. And number one. Oh, number one. Number one. Pink. Wow. Number really? one, 1.8 million tickets sold with a revenue of $215.2 million. Seems like she's been under the radar for yeah. like ever. That's a whole lot of Cirque du Soleil kind of flippy <laughs> flips or whatever she does in concert. Uh, yeah, those. Uh, it's kind of a shocking number one to me. I did not see Pink Man. being that successful. Uh, today's birthdays. Happy birthday to Eugene, Eugene Levy, uh-huh. who people know from Schitt's Creek and American Pie and Bringing Down the House, which I wanted to bring up because it's a terrible movie. Uh, happy birthday to Giovanni Ribisi, Mila Jovovich, Ernie Hudson from the Ghostbusters. Yeah, can I do his line? His famous line? Uh, please. That's a big Twinkie. It's a perfect impression. And boxing champ Manny Pacquiao. And that's what's going on. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. So I was watching a movie over the uh, weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, it was Angel Has Fallen. Mm-hmm. And it's about the head of the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. And he's framed for trying to kill the president. And now he has to fight against the government to get out and clear his name. A lot of stuff has fallen in that series. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what you're going to get when you go to that kind of movie. You're going to get mostly action. Mm-hmm. Just keep the storyline out of the – it's a – what do they call it? A willing disbelief of – Suspension of, of disbelief. disbelief. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So you know that this probably couldn't happen, but you're on board because you want the movie to be good. And sure. you're you're willing to overlook some stuff. Mm-hmm. So they isolate the president who's in a hospital, and they go floor to floor trying to find him and shoot him. Huh. For 10 to 15 minutes. That's a lot of access to the president. Right. And no help from anywhere, anywhere in the government. Huh. Nobody. No Secret Service. Nothing. Not being guarded. No. No. And five minutes in, you go, I mean, honestly, there's somebody should be coming to the president's rescue by right. now. And then you go, no, 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 I'll just buy in. It's okay. Just, yeah. It's I feel, great I feel like I feel like there's an armed guard outside a bathroom if the president is peeing. You know what I mean? Just to make sure it nobody does has access like to it. Yeah. So on, in a hospital? Yes. They, just, they got no one within yes. like, like 200 yards of Well, them? the bad guys locked everyone out with computers, which is another one of my... Easy. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's another one of my, uh, my problems with these movies. And it's just like, you know, I can understand five minutes maybe... It but at ten, but at ten minutes, you go, okay. Well, the president's going to have some help by now. Yeah. And then the bad guy escapes by landing a helicopter on the roof of the hospital. Fifteen minutes later, <laughs> and about twenty minutes later, you see a jet fly by, like they're going to do something. It was crazy, and I was just like, come on, just keep the storyline out of the way. For it's God's funny sakes. you should mention computers because you watch the blacklist ever. Yes, love it. The computer guy, whatever his, his name is, um, they give him somebody's name. The little dude. He, um, the little dude? Little, I, I think. The little yeah. person? No. I okay. don't. Go ahead. No. He's not a, he's not a little. He's not a, a dwarf. No. Okay. There's one on the show, but go ahead. So they give him they give him a person's name, and he does. <laughs> and now he's got yep. 
everything that has ever been available mm-hmm. to that person on the internet. He has a live feed camera into the guy's house. He can show you exactly where his cell phone is right now, where He's his got car access is. We don't have Bean. You you don't believe that? Again, just... like you go with that as much as you can. You yes. try to dis- you try to just suspend disbelief and go, okay, I'm going to buy it because I want this movie <laughs> right. to be good. The guy right. clicks. He's like, here's his mom. She's in Maryland. Here's a live feed of her kitchen. Right. Like, Listen, I need access to the Pentagon every door right now. Done. It's what? Done. Exactly. And I and I get that it would be a really boring show if we saw the actual 36 hours that it would take to get that information together. I do understand that, but there are points at which you just you get taken out of whatever yes, it is you're much. watching because it's so unrealistic. And that's what we wanted to talk about. I saw an article in the Washington Post yesterday. <clears throat> Um, about things people were writing in, about things that they see in TV shows and movies and commercials that drive them crazy because they're not possible. And especially, Ali, as you mentioned earlier, especially if it's something in your occupation. Oh, yeah, that'll drive you bonkers. For instance, Rob McKinney from Fairfax County writes into the Post. He says, I caught a TV ad during the Super Bowl last year that featured a crowd of bystanders giving a neighbor a congratulatory slow clap as he turned into his driveway in a brand new car. One of the people in the driveway scene was dressed in a beekeeper's outfit. Well, that person had their veil on backward. As Why a beekeeper, was that person in a beekeeper outfit? I don't know. That's okay. a great question, too. As a beekeeper, it was so easy to spot, and it still makes me fume. So here he is, what, nine months, eight months after the Super Bowl? He's still fuming because the guy in the beekeeper outfit was wearing the helmet backwards. But I guess if you're a beekeeper, you go, how hard would it be for somebody to ask somebody how to wear a beekeeper Well, that's outfit. the thing. It seems like if it's a police show, they do have somebody from the police department giving them advice. And consultants, on, absolutely. Yeah, on how absolutely, to make it yeah. not stand out. Yeah. Uh, Tom McCarthy, Brookville, Maryland, writes in, Whenever someone is playing chess on TV or in a movie or is pictured in a chessboard in a magazine or catalog, I always take a close look at the arrangement of the pieces on the board. <laughs> Often they are arranged in a way that is simply impossible if you're playing chess. In other words, they just willy-nilly just put pieces all over the board. In no circumstances could that ever happen in a game. Oh, I have a favorite one, too. They fight for like 30 minutes, and they smash stuff over each other's head, and they get full punches in, and they fall down a a flight of stairs, Mm -hmm. and they just keep getting up, and they don't seem to be injured at all. Right. (laughs) 30 minutes they've been doing this, yeah. getting yes. punched in the head, hitting the head with a with an iron, whatever they're doing, and nothing. They just no keep fighting the Hey, <laughs> how do you think Peter Peter Griffith and that uh, rooster have survived all these years? I mean, they really go at it. <laughs> Would you like to know mine? <laughs> yes, that, um, yes again, very much. It, it goes along with the people from certain professions might notice things no one else does. Like mm-hmm. a doctor is like, you wouldn't use that scalpel or, you know, that type of thing. I did morning news for 14 years. Mm-hmm. I know that when you go to do a live shot, it involves a live truck setting up a huge mast up above the truck. You mm-hmm. have to tune it in. You have to tune in the signal. Then you plug in the cables. It's all boring, though, Then Allie. you run the cables in, and then you can do a live remote. Mm-hmm. However, in the movies, they'll run up on a scene they and be up, like, right. let's go live. <laughs> and they push an earpiece into their ear, and all of a sudden, they're talking on the it's news. It's magical. It is insane to me so there have been live shots where i'll say oh i i can't get a location from there unfortunately it's too high up whatever and they say we saw it in the movies they will say uh we've seen that in movies you can do it and now of course there are different ways there are advancements but no usually it's it's a process but it always makes me laugh now they just facetime live to get on the news exactly it is a little bit easier absolutely speaking of broadcasting 
it drives me crazy when a radio disc jockey is presented in a movie or TV show and he is talking to a caller on the phone and he is not wearing headphones. They do it all the time. Interesting. <laughs> Can't do how it. Many times I've seen that. Happens wow. all the time. Can't do it. It all drives right. me nuts when I see a radio DJ uh, saying, now we're going to play a song that I love, and it's a song he picked. <laughs> I guess that, that's uh, unrealistic. Pretty specific. Yeah. Let's start with John. He's in Norwalk, line one. Now, John, I'm just guessing now, but you know something about trains, it sounds like. Uh, just a few things, yes. All right. All right. What bugs you? On? What bugs you? Okay, so first off, the whole movie starts off bad. They, uh, when they come to a hook and they start taking off, the guy notices that the air hoses aren't laced. Well, the train's brakes run on air. Right. And those cars, that those 35 cars that they're pulling, all those trains, all those cars are set into emergency, which means they're not moving. No matter how hard you tug on them, they're not going to move. I've seen in the so, movies they move, dude. Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Is this so a specific movie, was, or is this something you see oftentimes when trains are depicted on screen? This a specific movie, Unstoppable, with uh, with um, Denzel Washington. Oh, gotcha. Oh, I like okay. that movie. That didn't bug me. But I don't know anything about trains. trains. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I guess we're lucky we didn't know that one. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. All right, let's talk to Ramey. Ramey, thank you for calling. Thank you, guys. I'm a uh, litigation attorney, and nothing pisses me off more than these impractical attorney movies in which... You got the guy talking to the witness on the stand, asking a question. Then he turns over and starts explaining it to the jury. I, I can't even watch legal movies anymore. <laughs> none of it is, you know, none of it would happen in, in life. And it's just so annoying, especially when he makes eye contact with the jury after asking a question and explains it. It's horse crap. <laughs> what about Legally Blonde, though? That's that's pretty real. Oh, that's solid. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Cool. Oh, that was close. That was a close one. I was worried he was going to take everything. away our, our legally blood. All right, uh, counselor, thank you very much for the call. It drives you crazy when you see it wrong in the movies or on TV. We'll take more calls next on K Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. You all right? Still no one's hurt. A lot of crunches. How's that possible? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about things that drive you crazy. You see them. They're not possible. They can't be happening. They're not realistic in a movie or a TV show. Even enough that if you want to forgive it, you can't. Yeah, you're just annoyed the rest of the movie. (laughs) From the 714 uh, texting into the Kevin and Bean show, every time someone bursts through a wall, no studs, really? How is that wall standing? Okay, that's a good point. (laughs) Uh, Also from the 714, in surfing movies, they always take off on a two-foot wave and then it turns eight into eight-foot wave or they start left and they're going right, like Point Break, for instance, all right? 323, I hate the commercials that show people drinking beer at the beach. We all know you can't drink beer at the beach. It drives me nuts, which is a good point. A lot of places, they don't allow you to drink beer at the beach. And you still bring beer to the beach. Right? Stop people from doing this. Allie, you're getting some tweets as well yeah, on this. Yeah, really funny tweet from Queen VRN, and I think it speaks to Kevin's type of movie. Yes. Big action sequence. you got to get somewhere fast. Mine She's, are the biggest offenders, I think. Yeah. She yeah. says, it drives me crazy when people find parking right in front of a building or in, in big cities <laughs> or find parking right away in movies or TV. Like, there's a rush. You need to get somewhere. Something bad is happening. Then you're like, well, there it is right there where I need to go. <laughs>
Also from uh, Sean, my friend's family runs a Christmas tree lot all the time on TV and movies. The tree on the top of the car is on the car the wrong way. It needs to be tied with the base of the tree in the front. All the branches would snap if it was put up the other way. See, they don't have a Christmas tree consultant wow, on the set of that movie. I like That's it. the type of thing the rest of us wouldn't notice, but if you're in that business, sure, why not? Good morning, Liz. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We are good. Great. What's up? Things that drive you crazy in TV and movies that they get it, wrong. It drives me insane when there's females in action movies and they don't put their hair up. And it's just waving around everywhere in the way. Like, that's so impossible. <laughs> First of all, yeah, our hair's going to be up. We're taking out our hoops, and we're taking off our exactly. heels. And then we're kicking some ass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But not Especially in that order always. A... No. <laughs> that's a great one. Thank you, Liz. We appreciate it. Let's say hi to Miriam. She's online, too. She is in Glendora. Let's see what she wants to add to the list. Hey, Miriam. Oh, hi. Good morning, guys. Morning. Hey. Morning. Uh, well, I'm in the banking industry for about 20 years, and I hate it when I see uh, public bathrooms in the banks. Oh, there they don't have them? called the nine. There's no public bathroom in banks. Yeah, that's, that's a good usually point. where the robbers are putting on their <laughs> masks, putting on their masks. pulling it down, and then they run out to rob you. There's no bathroom. Yeah. <gasps> oh, man. We have yeah. all learned something today, thanks to <laughs> oh. Miriam. Appreciate the call. Let's go down to line eight and say hi to Whittier's Stephen. He is in the heating and air conditioning business. <laughs> and let's find out what we're doing wrong in our movies with heating and air conditioning. Hey, Stephen. How are you getting in the ductwork? How are you getting in the ductwork? There's an opening. There's an opening in an office. Yeah, there's an opening. No. (laughs) Either it's filthy. Right. It's disgusting. Right. It's dirty. Mm -hmm. Or it's freezing air coming out. And there's crawling around. And then there's a possum all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) The raccoon from where? ducks also are always big enough for a human to crawl through, yes. which seems unusually large for most air ducks, And the, too. Bi- the bad guys can shoot guns at them and never hit the person in them. That's never. true. <laughs> you know what? When you get to where you're going, you just hit that register up. You, you know what, you though? You it with a foot and it flies out. Yes. Steven, on Animal Kingdom, they had to do a big heist and go through the air ducks, but they had to dress in really warm clothing because they were going to freeze in there. Do you remember oh, that? How about that? Attention to detail. Yes, yeah. Animal Kingdom. What is support? I don't the... know what movie that is, but okay. It's not... <laughs> wow, Stephen, it's only a great show. We're talking about movies and TV shows. <laughs> All right, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. I don't it. know what movie that is, but, <laughs> but why hey. is there always a possum? <laughs> Let's go to Nikki on line five because she's in Mission Viejo and she is a nurse. And I imagine, just like the attorney we spoke with, yeah. I imagine it must drive nurses and doctors crazy when they see what goes on in hospitals. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, guys. What, what do they get wrong all the time? Okay. So there's a few different little things that really drive me crazy when I watch my medical shows okay. and movies with my husband. But the one thing that really bugs me, because it's obviously the most dramatic, that during a trauma or when something crazy happens... Patients flatlining. Oh my God! Shock them! Shock them! No, that's not even a shockable rhythm. You do not shock them. You go straight to chest compression. Compression. So when I see that, it drives me nuts. Turn it off. I can't. <laughs> you so can't it- even get through it. Like most of the time, you can go, okay, that's ridiculous, but I'm gonna hang. I'm gonna hang in there. You can't do that. Yeah, no, because I'm like, if this is fake, what else are they getting no. wrong? This is static. <laughs> well, it may not be nope. a documentary. You know, the whole thing is fake. Those people don't exist. That person's not in any kind of cardiac arrest on the table. He's an actor. 
But I'm invested in this patient now. Okay. Right? Okay. All right. All right. All right. So Nikki wants Nikki. the guy to die instead of the <laughs> Jessica present. All right. Thank you for the call. Oh, this is crazy how many good ones we're getting here. Let's talk to uh, Jamie, or is it Heimer, on line two? It's Heimer. Santa, uh, Heimer. Uh, a court reporter. Okay. Here's one we haven't thought about. What's going on, Jaime? This is Jamie, actually. <laughs> I know. We're, just, uh, we're throwing everything at it today. <laughs> A little old lady in the corner with, like, a 25-year-old court reporting machine yes. with paper falling all over the floor. Attorneys are arguing. Everybody's getting crazy in the room. And the court is just over barely pressing any keys. Because they, they have that code. They have that extra kidney. code that they know. Don't they know huh? court reporting? Isn't there typing, like, code? Like a shorthand? Shorthand? They are typing a shorthand code, but if everybody's getting crazy in the room, the court reporter will not just be sitting there barely pressing any buttons. Gotcha. And it's uh, a complete misrepresentation to show a little old lady in the corner, and they always have really outdated equipment. It just... It's not a good look. Listen and I feel like Jamie. Jamie's like, it's always a little old lady, and I'm super hot. Is that what we're saying, Jamie? You can say it. I mean, I'm not going to say it, but it, She's it is. But it's true. true. But yeah. it's true. Okay. okay. Strike it from the record. Not every reporter is a little uh, old lady. Yeah, little that's old lady, true. Right? That is true. Um, Jamie says it's not a good look, you guys. All right. I love it. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Melanie Downey, line uh, eight, please, next on the Kevin and Bean Show. Man, we could go all day with this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Melanie. Hi. Hi there. Things that get wrong in TV shows and movies. Um, when someone is swimming underwater and it's they keep swimming down deeply and they're there for like a minute, when in reality we can only hold their breath for like 20 seconds. I mean, that's true. They do seem to stay down yeah. there forever. And yeah. they're usually swimming close to the bottom of the ocean with no scuba gear at all. <laughs> they're, just, they're just diving. <laughs> all right. That's a good one. Thank you very much for the call. All right. Let me close with this. Going back to the Washington Post article that started this discussion. Here's a guy named Larry who says he clenches his fists and rails at the heavens when he's watching a war movie and he sees a soldier on a walkie-talkie barking out the expression over and out. He says... These two words mean two completely different things. Screenwriters, please remember, over means I have finished my transmission and passed the conversation over for you to reply. Out means I have finished my message and I am signing off. Using those two together makes no sense whatsoever. Well, can't you be finishing that transmission and then saying I'm also done with this? No, because if you say over, you're inviting the other person to answer. That's why you so, say out, Bean. Come right, on, man. That's what I'm saying. You have to think it through. He says no. Okay. <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. KROQ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yesterday on the program, we brought you the story of a woman in Britain who could not have been more surprised. Or, uh, she had a little bit of an upset tummy. Next thing you know, she's doubled over in pain. Right after that, she's giving birth to a healthy baby girl. <laughs> That she had no idea was inside of her for a full nine months. And by the way, there was a seven-pound, two-ounce baby, I want to remind you, that she didn't know was inside of her. And we said again, like we do after every single one of these stories, how is that possible? How is it possible? I'm in the midst of uh, a pregnancy. We're at eight months, and every single waking moment of our lives involves this pregnancy. Correct. I can't imagine not thinking about it. Well, enter Megan, who tweeted at us yesterday, at Kevin Bean, regarding not knowing you're pregnant. I'm a 34-year-old woman, and I'm smart. I didn't know I was pregnant my entire pregnancy. I had my daughter at my house by myself, and I did not know I was in labor until she came out. It was the best surprise of my life. And she includes some photos of her adorable yeah, so little cute. daughter. Very cute. Megan joins us on the Kevin and Bean Show right now. Megan. Hi. Are you smart? <laughs> Maybe I'm not dumb. <laughs> so, what? Are, I, I know you've told this story a thousand times with friends and strangers alike. Why don't you just run down the the synopsis of all the reasons we would have thought you would have known you were pregnant and why they, it never occurred to you? Um, yeah, I've been asked many many questions that you know, common sense. How how does someone not know that there's a living thing inside? Yeah, that's of our you? question, right? I, I went through it. And I still can't quite explain it, but. I, if you really don't think you're pregnant, you really don't think you're pregnant. And and I was dating someone for almost nine years. We just broke up. There was a one-time thing afterwards. Mm-hmm. And along those that, that year, I just started gaining a bunch of weight. And I thought, I need to go on a diet. Like, there's something so it was, going on. So but... it was general weight on your whole body, not just in your stomach. Yeah. And right? I'm, not, okay. like, I'm not a small person. Right. Um, I did have a little bit of a tummy, but it wasn't like... You know, noticeably, it wasn't out of like, proportion. Hey, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm seeing a picture of you, Megan. I don't want people to think you're like Gilbert Grape's mom. Like you, you yeah. <laughs> are of normal size. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and um, I just, you know, it. I, I saw my stomach move. Um, I thought it was my uh, my stomach muscle spasming. I, I didn't ha- even think about having a baby moving around in there. Does um, that happen to your stomach muscle spasm often? No. <laughs> and you never. I, <laughs> Stop trying to poke holes in this. I go back to my first question. And you you never saw it? Yeah. You never saw like a little fist, like a little, like a movement in your belly or anything? Just, no, not really. I didn't feel her like swimming around or anything. Like I've heard stories of like elbows being jabbed. Yeah. Yeah. mom in your ribs or, you know, I didn't get any of that. Here's what I will say, Megan, is that you're right when you say, if you don't think you're pregnant, you don't. None of these things right. add up to being pregnant because you know you're not. Right. So you, yes, you just there was no way in my mind that could be the case. So there's obviously some other thing going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, lady question, uh, Megan. Yeah. Your yeah. your aunt Flo was she visiting? Yes. Um, no, and I was a regular huh. before, and okay. I wasn't dating anyone, so I just didn't worry about it because I felt fine, um, and I knew it wasn't you know every single month normally. So I was just like, eh, it'll, it'll fix itself. And you're okay. How, <laughs> how much so... advanced notice did you have before your precious baby girl came out? How, how much what notice? Advanced notice. When did you realize that you were pregnant? When, when she popped out. When what I thought, the? Okay, so 
Uh, I went to work that day. Um, my boss, after I had to call my bosses on Saturday, because she was born on a Saturday, and I told them why I wasn't coming to work on Did they the fire day. you for stupidity? <laughs> no, no, no. She is, she's the sixth baby, the fifth girl born in a span of three months in my office. They all have kids. Yeah, but they knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I watched them go through all the stuff while I was pregnant, and I had no idea. Wow. Listen, oh if God. I'm a boss and my employee, Megan, calls me on Saturday and goes, listen, I won't be in for a while. I just had a baby that I didn't know about. I'd be like, Megan, we got to work on your excuses. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't buy it for well, a second. Know, my, my boss, Scott, the first thing he said was, I knew it. But you don't want to say, hey. You're the only person who didn't know it. <laughs> the baby yeah, in I your was. stomach. Yes, I was. Like, my, my stepmom was telling my dad, hey, are you going to talk to her about her pregnancy? And my dad was like, no, she's not pregnant. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, Megan, Megan, ser- seriously, seriously. Um, what about labor? I mean, most women, even if it's an easy birth, they're in labor for a few hours. Um, I mean, it started, it got into, I mean, it was all day on Friday, I guess, because I, I didn't feel well, but I went into work. I was like, it'll pass. Um, and then at midnight, and then that Friday on the 18th, it got, I woke up. I couldn't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like intense cramps. And I was like, oh, I'll get through it. It'll be okay. I'll push it. Uh, I like your I like, attitude. Of, it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll work out. And Megan, I'm going to I'm going to use the doctor's term here, so that we're really scientific. And please answer honestly. Is, is it a toilet baby? Um, it is a toilet baby. She did fall in the toilet. She didn't hit her head. Took her out within two seconds. Oh my gosh! Wow. I didn't need Back to up in a towel. That's... The, the, picture, the oh. picture that I sent is me sitting on the toilet. <gasps> Megan, <laughs> with her wrapped in the little towel. Yes, <laughs> I put her in the towel after. Okay, I thought she was a hernia. What she? Yeah, she's what? a hernia. What can't is believe you, I can't believe you named her hernia. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a joke. My family makes a joke. They think this is. Kind of, they should oh think gosh. this is funny. That's unbelievable. This is real, you guys. This happened to one of our listeners, Megan. A hundred percent, and I'm a hundred percent true. And she is the most amazing little baby. She's so easy. We're not She's, doubting uh, that. I, we're not doubting swimming. We're not doubting her, Megan. I'm more concerned about you than I am the baby. <laughs> I'm nothing. I think I I feel extremely lucky in my circumstances. The job I have has been so accommodating. Right. Um, We're not concerned about your job. <laughs> you you had the easiest yeah. pregnancy that a woman ever. has ever had. Probably. And, you know, honestly, without having all the doctors around and everyone stressing me out and all the anticipation of, of thinking all the things that could go wrong and stuff, I, I think that might have made it a little easier. Yeah. Because I didn't have to worry about all that stuff. And you, and you avoided all that pesky prenatal care. That <laughs> yeah, no, would be so annoying. And, and you got drunk so much. Plus, I drank a lot and I smoked. <laughs> yeah. I, I did the entire pregnancy. Oh, my God. Megan. Listen to me. Listen. Megan, listen. Listen to me. This is important moving forward. Always leave that part out of this story. <laughs> well, it, it just it makes it more amazing because of how healthy she is. Like, there could have been a billion things that could have gone wrong. Listen, Megan. I don't. We're I don't not worried about the baby. You. I don't want to scare you at all. But uh, my mom drank a lot of Southern Comfort before she knew eight months in that she was pregnant with me. Oh, so, that answers you know, a lot. Back in the fifties or whatever. Uh, I was born in the fifties, Megan. <laughs> um, <laughs> how dare you?
you. Listen, I love you. you. I'm in general. Okay. You know. All right. So, so here's here's my question: Is that now that Megan has told us her story, do yeah. we understand at all how this can happen? Yes, I we totally do now. Do. I her totally story is very believable. I yeah. And it's such a typical woman move to be like, "Oh, it's just bad cramps; they'll go away." Yeah. Because bad cramps are awful, right? And you think they're going to go away? I get uh, it completely. Especially if, as she said, she didn't have any reason doing the math to suspect she was pregnant because it was a one-time thing that she kind of forgot about. Mm-hmm. And if she, anyone not like gets she, not doing math, it, it's not like she was in a, re- a relationship <laughs> and, where it was a possibility all the time. And right. I'm assuming that, like we heard yesterday in the story, the baby was placed closer to the back. Like, there's a bunch of things that go on that make not like an extended belly that way. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that yeah. could happen. So, Megan, yeah, I, I can't. I can't explain it. But Megan is a total moron. So no, Megan is a treasure. (laughs) Megan is awesome. Look, Megan is awesome and a total moron at the same time. (laughs) Exactly. And we very much appreciate you reaching out and coming on and telling your story, Megan. Best to your little girl. She rules. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. Thank you. Love you too. Bye. 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 The Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on the world famous K Rock 106.7. It's coming up on 7 a.m. It's just Muggs and I here holding down the holiday season fort. It's empty here. Uh, it does feel like a bit of a ghost town. No one is necessarily hanging out, but that doesn't stop us from doing what's happening. Yes. Uh, the movie Richard Jewel. Have mm-hmm. you seen it yet? Not yet. You know it's about a guy named Richard yep. who smokes a jewel. Oh, I thought it was a guy named Richard who owned a jewelry store. No, it's just a guy who smokes a jewel oh. for an hour and a half. You watch him. And, that seems boring. Well, it's not healthy. <laughs> Uh, we do know it is about the Olymp- the alleged Olympic mm-hmm. bomber who mm-hmm. uh, ended up not being the guy after all. Uh, it's directed by Clint Eastwood, and it's catching some Oscar buzz this year. I saw it. I enjoyed the acting in it. I'm not sure I love the movie a ton. But it's under fire because one of its stars, Olivia Wilde, plays a somewhat controversial role, and she's now speaking up about it. The actress plays late journalist Kathy Scruggs in the film. Mm and spoke out in response to a brewing controversy over the film's suggestion that her character had sex with an FBA, uh, FBI agent played by John Hamm for a scoop. Hmm. Okay, now this plot point has caused a ton of backlash, including the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the paper that Scruggs worked for, demanding that Warner Brothers issue a disclaimer with the film to say Scruggs, who passed away in 2001, did not have sex with the source for the information. So they think it's kind of like a defamation of character for someone who passed away. Uh, Warner Brothers responded with their own statement, defending the film as based on a true story, not directly a true story. Now Olivia Wilde tweeted this. One of the things I love about directing, as she directed the recent Booksmart, which we loved here at Kevin and Bean, is the ability to control the voice and message of the film. As an actor, it's more complicated, and I want to share my perspective on my role in the film Richard Jewell. I was asked to play the supporting role of Kathy Scruggs, who was, by all accounts, bold, smart, and fearlessly undeterred by the challenge of being a female reporter in the South in the 90s. I cannot even contemplate the amount of sexism she may have faced in the way of duty. Uh, now, here's the crazy part. Olivia Wilde's parents are both award-winning journalists, so she said she takes the role serious and went on to deny any suggestion that she believed that the real Scruggs traded sex for tips, stressing her own research and interpretation of the relationship. Now, here's what she wrote, and you tell me. This seems like total BS. Okay. The perspective of the fictional dramatization of the story, as I understood it, was that Kathy and the FBI agent who leaked false information to her were in a pre-existing romantic relationship, not a transactional exchange of sex for information. Uh, which I ask only one thing. Why the f- you lying? Why you always lying? Yeah. And here's why. I saw the movie, 
It's straight up a transaction. Yeah. They're at a bar, and he's she's like, can you give me some info? And she, he's like, mm, I don't know. And then she touches him, and oh. then she, he's like, maybe I can. And then he gives it. And then when she gives the info, he's like, oh, we're really doing this. Like, I don't ever see them as having a relationship in the movie, and anyone who sees it does not have that impression. Hmm. At the scene, at the bar scene, does John Hamm look at her and go, "I am an FBI agent." No, that is definitely not oh. the movie. It's a different movie. Oh. He does look at her and say this though: lies, lies, and more lies, and lies on top of lies. But there is total irony that the paper that got the Richard Jewell story wrong in the first place is the one now suing for getting a story <laughs> wrong, which is very odd. Dude, they ruined that guy's life. I absolutely. Uh, all right. Moving on, uh, our favorite role that John Travolta ever played, uh, we know this, is Moose in the Fred Durst-directed masterpiece, The Fanatic. <laughs> we all know that that's our favorite movie he's ever done. But it appears a lot of other people seem to gravitate towards Grease. And Greaseheads had something to celebrate this past weekend when the former on-screen flames dusted off their leather jackets to honor the film with a Meat and Grease event. Meat and Grease! Uh, which also would be a good fast food report name. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, they uh, went to a sing-along showing of the movie Grease. Newton John shared a photo of the two walking hand in hand. She was wearing a buttercup yellow circle skirt in mm-hmm. a cardigan ensemble that Sandy did wear on her first day of school at Rydell High in the film. She wrote on Instagram, first time in costume since we made the movie. Travolta was just as enthusiastic across social media, shared several clips showing a large enthusiastic crowd uh, as they stroll onto the stage to greet fans. Now, this is the only meet and grease event on the books right now. Why? why? I, well, because they don't, I, I think they were testing it. Yeah. Don't be surprised if you see this being a regular thing on weekends for the duo, since I'm sure there is a demand to meet them. I got to say. Yes. I saw the picture. Yes. Olivia, great. I thought he okay. okay. I'll argue. Okay, I, this is here a hot we go. Take. He's bald now. Yes. Very bald. Well, so they put a they put a piece on him. Well, he was wearing a piece for he a was long wearing time. A piece. Took it off. Took now it off. Piece back. And off. he looks great without it. Yeah, he looks great. Bald. He looked good with that uh, with that piece. Mm-hmm. It looked really weird. I thought it looked really weird. Hear me out. Hot take here. I thought he looked better than he had been <laughs> in the last few years. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bald Travolta, we all know, is the best Travolta. But I do think. That this new look that he had this weekend with—if you look up the photo online—he yeah. looked all right, man. I don't know. I think yeah, I think he looks so weird. Long hair, don't care. Uh, well, I was a fan of it, and if you hate John Travolta and you hate I'm not, male pattern baldness, then oh, absolutely well, you go out against it. Male pattern baldness hates me. No, that's <laughs> that does seem like a stance to take, but. Uh, all right, birthdays. Happy birthday to Eugene Levy, the very funny Eugene Levy, yep. best in show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Shit's Creek, people yep. love. A Mighty Wind. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to John Ritter movie, <laughs> yeah. which I saw at the Warner Center UA. Wow. As a kid. How do you theater. remember that? Because I remember seeing it. Do you know, I saw Zoolander. Yes. At the Man's uh, Theaters in Tarzana. I love that theater. Guess who was sitting right next to me? Before I worked here, before I really even knew who he was. I knew who he was because it was a show. Ray Romano sat really? right next to me. The Did he say movie. anything during the movie? No. What would he have said? Oh, Blue Steel. Oh, <laughs> I, I like Ben Stiller. Oh, he would have said that to himself in the movie. I agree. Uh, Giovanna Ribisi from That Thing You Do in movies like Saving Private Ryan. Mila Jovovich, The Fifth Element, and she's a singer. Although I'm not sure you want to listen to her music. Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters and boxing champion Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao. Uh, happy birthday to all those people. And that's what's going on. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. 
Speaking of Jensen, he is not sitting at his spot right now because he wanted to make a grand entrance. He is about to enter the studio. He has been telling us off the air that as he nears 40 years old soon, he's thinking about changing up his style. His, which is like, like full-time changing his style, not yes. just like one day. And okay. we don't know the specifics of this. Uh, I mean, he has been a guy, you know, like most of us who work here at K-Rock, who dresses pretty casually, you know, with, uh, with you know, like jeans and a T-shirt and a hoodie. I mean, that's Jensen's day-to-day. But it sounds like, and I don't know what it's going to involve, if it's a fez or a fedora or a scarf or what it is. Fez. But let's go ahead and open up a the door. A bow tie? Let's, maybe a bow tie. Let's open up the door. Let's bring God, Jensen I in. I really, truly wish it was a fedora. You're not. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Is so, that a Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> no, it's not a that Hawaiian shirt. That is a Hawaiian shirt. It's a Hawaiian shirt, Hawaiian no. shirt. It's got a Hawaiian Jensen. Print. You got that out of Weird Al's closet. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> this is, it's got a tiger on it. This is a, like, a, like a silk-ish button-up. It's okay. a Hawaiian shirt, no, Jensen. It's not a It really is though. Okay. A Hawaiian shirt is a lot more tropical. Okay. What I'm wearing is a is a lot more like we're gonna post it up on our socials okay. at Kevin mm-hmm. and Bean. So you have a black shirt, a black t shirt. No graphic. Mm-hmm. Right. Tea, right. No graphic. Just a, just a black oh, t-shirt. that's rare for that you is that rare. it doesn't All have a... of this is rare. Number one, every single day since I was like nine years old, I've worn a graphic t shirt, jeans, and sneakers and a hat most of the time. Okay. Right. I recently, forty years old in November, mm-hmm. had a child. I, I'm getting a little more dad feeling. Okay. And I've decided maybe it's time to ditch uh, some of the graphic tees and hoodies and hats and all these things. And what I have felt most comfortable in is Hawaiian wearing... Hawaiian shirts. No, they're not Hawaiian. <laughs> it's so Hawaiian. It's not a Hawaiian shirt. It is a button-up that's like uh, very thin. But the pattern, though, the pattern makes it look like... The pattern and the colors, you could wear that on the beach in Hawaii and yes. people would think, oh, he fits right in I because mean, he's also wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Well, number one, there's a tiger on it. Number two, mm-hmm. there are pine trees. Uh, Tr- uh, palm trees, though. Palm trees, yeah. which wouldn't, you wouldn't find on a beach. You, you also, <laughs> yeah, there's no palm trees in Hawaii. We all know that. <laughs> you also wouldn't find a tiger just walking on the beach. But this How is... many of those do you have? Okay. You're thinking of doing this full time? Yes. Just to embarrass Adler? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You're starting early. You have to wait till Adler knows. No. I have bought, in the last, I'd say, two weeks, I've probably purchased about six or seven of them. And are you going to be leaving these open, revealing a T-shirt underneath? So you're never going to be actually buttoning them up? No. Okay. I don't see myself buttoning them up. Okay. I see. How myself... come? Tell me. Tell me about that decision. How did this all come about? Like, what... I think in the last. Well, definitely since Adler. Yeah. I, I just am like, ah, I feel like I'm sort of man boy in a little. I mean, you dress like you're 14. Right. So do I, though. And that yeah. makes yeah. So me. So do I. I dress like I'm in line on Fairfax, and I just, <laughs> I, and I think that's okay. I'll still have that around, but mm-hmm. I think that not in like a cartoon way where I wear the same thing every day like Bart Simpson, but I will have different ones of these and different undershirts to sport. Okay. How but did still you come? Jeans. Still jeans. Okay. How did you come to this decision? Like, if you're going to change your style, there's a million different ways you could. I was around them. I think we were at the mall. I think, which is very common for Daniel in Honolulu. <laughs> <laughs> We were at the Mall in the Valley, and I was walking through, and I went, oh, that's a cool shirt. I put it on, and I went, oh, that feels good. And then now I I bought like two or three that day, and then now I've purchased a handful of them. And how did you decide to not button, and how did you decide on black t-shirt versus white t-shirt? I'm going to wear different kinds of undershirts. I'd like to suggest no undershirt and leave the shirt open. Well, that (laughs) it would still look like I was wearing a shirt. Um, So with an undershirt, okay, so why I want it open. I think if I close it, I also want a lot of freedom in my arms. It's too restrictive. Yeah, it's too restrictive. Okay. I want to be able a lot of movement going to on right shoot now. the arms mm-hmm. out. Like if I, in I case just, what? 
I got to catch something fast. I got to catch a quick pineapple on the beach. No, <laughs> coconut, uh, coconut. Yet. no I just mean I just felt like it was looser and I and uh-huh. I just it's casual when it's open. Yeah, it's not form fitting. No. You feel like it's just loose and flowy. Closed, I, it comes off a little like um, Hawaiian? Ca- casual fry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jensen, Jensen, you understand that most of the professionals that work in this building, nay, in the world, actually wear a a shirt that buttons. Yeah, not me, though. I think these these are the baby steps. Right now, okay. I mean, if if he went right from graphic tee to button up with a collar, I'd be mm-hmm. like, "Whoa, or if slow I just down!" Started showing up in suits. Yeah, Insane. that would be disconcerting. Insane. Yeah. Um, how many are like? How many are Hawaiian? Out of the what? You have six. <laughs> I don't think they're six? Hawaiian, but I do think that each of them. I'm not saying that they have like Tommy Bahama vibes because I wouldn't go there. I'm not that dad. You went there. I, no, just I with the ti- if no. Tommy Bahama had a tiger. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> tiger Bahama. You're all the way there. No, I t- Tommy Bahama has like a hula girl on it, and it says like Tommy Bahama. Oh, please, like, like that's any different than what you're wearing. It says like fresh cigars underneath or something. <laughs> you really became a dad overnight, <laughs> man. Well, that is a bit of what I'm feeling. It, yeah. I just think it's just I don't know. I feel better in this than I than okay. I do every day in hoodies. Do all of them have a pattern, or are some? All just of them playing? have patterns. That's oh what I was going to ask. So all of them. Are, are Hawaiian? And I would say that all of them could we mistake as Hawaiian? <laughs> Not all of them, okay. but a, a large percentage. Most of them. If you weren't really considering that there aren't tigers on Hawaiian beaches, then yeah. But, I mean, but what I'm saying not, is, from, the, from this distance, from this distance, I don't see a tiger. Mm-hmm. I just see a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I'm not looking that close. <laughs> well, you you know? really, this didn't cross your mind that we could think this is a Hawaiian shirt. I bought another one recently, <laughs> and I realized that maybe I'm not looking at the designs right. because I posted it on Instagram, uh, and a bunch of people were like. Weed? Weed? And I was like, what are they talking about? And then I look closer and it, it, there's a bunch of weed leaves on it. Like, I've basically. I mean, maybe you should look. I'm riding the line between Jimmy Buffett and. <laughs> and, and that's it, Jimmy J- Buffett. All right. Well, I tried. Adler, but I'm going to do it. I'm committing, so. Adler, your thoughts? Oh, oh, that's not, that's not, he's, that's his lungs doing that. That's not even me. He doesn't like the Hawaiian shirt. Oh. It's scary. <laughs> I mean, it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I saw this piece on a uh, Twitter account that I follow called Now This, which is news. You guys probably look at it as well. That's the one where I found the thing about the toilet seat and the toilet paper. Same place. Way too excited to share that. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. What we said is, does it help to put toilet paper on the toilet seat? And then we oh, that was from right. yes, yes. Same oh, place. So wow. I'm saying, let's take it with a grain of salt. Okay. <laughs> well, this is just one woman's opinion, but she seems to be speaking for others when she says that the colloquial greeting of, hey guys, or hi guys, is something that should be phased out because not everybody in the audience is guys. Doesn't now, that just mean a group, though, at this point? Don't... Well, that's what we would argue okay. is that it has become a word whose meaning has changed throughout the years, and now it just means, hey, people in the room. Yeah. But what she's pointing out is you are marginalizing people in the room who are not guys, also known as women, that it's unfair to women to lump them in together. You're not even acknowledging their existence. You're, in fact, excluding them by saying, hey, guys. But let me just... Before you play the audio, let me just bring this up. Allie, when we say hey guys in an email, you're included. We know you're female. I write hey guys. You do. Okay. I say hey guys to my female friends at lunch. Hey guys. It's more. It's That's not even. It's I, not a literal saying right. anymore. No. Yeah. Right. And what I, are we supposed to say? Hey friends. Not well, everyone's a friend. Right. Let's, let's find out. Guys is a simple term. It could mean boys, or if you're modern, hip. It means people. At first glance, guys seems inviting, friendly, maybe warm, even comedic at times. But it, like many male default terms, should not be normalized as an all-encompassing phrase, innocent as it may seem. While we may understand the word means no real harm, with a deeper look, you'll understand that we've been ignoring the cognitive impact on women as well as gender non-conforming folks by only explicitly addressing the male identifying individuals present. Okay, so what she's saying, translating here, is she's saying, it doesn't really seem offensive at all, but if you really think about it, isn't there some way we can make it seem offensive? (laughs) Is this political correctness going wrong or is this accurate? This is stupid. I mean, I mean, a lot of guys saying this is stupid. Uh, yeah. right? <laughs> and they're all white. Uh, yep. <laughs> you just made it worse, Kevin. All right, more, please. Of course, we claim it's colloquial, but with our elevated knowledge and inclusive perspective, it just seems lazy, inconsiderate, and a small part of what reinforces the gender hierarchy today. So, again, translating, she's saying, because we're so woke now here in 2019, we should know better. We should be examining these things. That's right. A lot of teens are dropping their verbs. <laughs> Thank you, Slagman. And by the way, we also we also just say he in, a lot of times when it could we don't know the sex of the person. It's just the default. Because usually it's something bad, and most of the time it's a guy. No, the default, <laughs> the default is he. You know, what should the president do if he is impeached? You know, and people would go, "Well, well the president he's a could." Man. No, I'm not saying this specific one. I'm just saying that as an example. If you're just talking about constitutional, because they've all been men. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> because of internalized misogyny, like saying, "Hey guys, hey guys." Wait, but if I said, How hey, is- "Yes, hey men," in an email, "Hey uh-huh. men." 
just that's, as bad. That's, that's terrible. Well, that's no, different. No, I feel like that's different, too. That that's is. a separate that's thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think we should be making these two things have the same definition. I agree with you. Okay. I, I agree with you, but bad lady does not. Okay. How is one to feel empowered to speak or assert themselves when upon greeting they're misgendered or even ignored in language? Can we be surprised that for decades women often felt uncomfortable asserting their voice when we didn't even take the time to properly acknowledge them? I'm so, I'd like to say this as far as that last statement. Guys didn't appreciate women's abilities for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with saying, hey, guys. It was just, I'm a guy, so I'm better. That's a male but he, she's saying Same. that, I mean, not to play devil's advocate for something I think is dumb, but she's saying that because we've used even the slightest innocent term like, hey, guys, that's what has helped create that, that helped uh, us culture. Get to, okay. Yes, yes. Let's also remember that the person telling us about this is a woman, too. You know what I mean? I'm not sure that's the point. Hey, okay. guys, uh, listen. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> I'm not offended, per se, if someone lumps me in with the guys. I'm sure there's really no malintent. In fact, if you and your friends want to freely address each other, by all means. I just want you to know that you're one small step away from making a more conscious effort to dismantle the patriarchy. We gotta dismantle the patriarchy, you guys. She's not wrong. I don't say you guys. That's actually correct. You just said guys. guys. Yeah, I did say you guys. It's weird how much malintent um, sounds like male intent, though. (laughs) Never noticed that until this story. All right, I think she has some suggestions, if I know where we are oh, on the great. tape, on, on what we should be saying instead of hey guys. So what can you do? Substitute one hey guys with a simple, good morning, everyone. Hi, y'all, folks. I'm not and- saying y'all. I'm not saying y'all. I need hey y'all and hey folks. I'm not saying folks need or it. y'all. I'm not need saying it. either of those. Need it. I will say hey guys and girls first hey, before I say Can I give a suggestion? Yeah. Hey, folks. <laughs> Everybody, scholars. Team if you're at work, campers if you're in the forest. All right, I'm going to start using campers. Campers I'm always if use... you're in the forest. Hey, well, campers. How, how do you feel about hey, team, by the way? Fine. But okay. I think that that will come out organically just like hey, guys comes out. It's the same definition for me. Yes. It just it doesn't seem like it's a slight for real. Yeah. This seems like one of those one person thinks this way. I mean, she. I agree with Jensen, though, that she is trying to make a bigger point, which is, have we ever even thought about it? Maybe the conclusion is that there's nothing wrong with hey, guys. But she's saying, isn't it at least worth thinking about whether that's cool or not? You know what I mean? I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with reexamining the terms that we use, I think, is what she's saying. And we may the conclusion may be that we're fine, that there's no reason to change. All right. Almost done. Bay Hive, because it's always appropriate. You can also what? just That's a, That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. Yes. She was saying, you know, like, hey, campers, hey, folks, Bayhive. Yeah, meaning Beyonce. Beyonce. But that's Beyonce. a joke. Let her, yeah. let her get away with the joke. All right. Uh, not a good Bay one. Bayhive. Right. It's always appropriate. Well, women aren't funny, too, by the way. Let's keep that. <laughs> Jesus, Fiend. You can also just find ways to insert people's names and address everyone present. And when in doubt, say nothing at all. Hey. All right, there you go. So, hey. Just hey? Just hey. I know we're late, but please, let's talk to Erica real quick. Line five, she's in North Hollywood. We'll try to make it fast. Erica, thank you so much for calling. You think what? I think that you should not use guys at all. Because if I say to you, hey, girls, does that include you? If you're talking to us, yes. Depends on what I'm wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, so you're flipping it and saying, how would men feel if everybody, yes. if we were always referred to as hey girls? But I will, I will I, say yeah. that that doesn't have the same history, though. It hasn't been used for decades to become a colloquialism. Hey girls 
is kind of still literal, I think. But hey, guys, is it? That's the thing. Is hey, guys, you don't yeah. think but, I'm but, talking but, to but, all male but, people but when you saying, say hey, guys? But she's saying the idea that it's a uh, all-encompassing term when it doesn't include girls or women is the problem. But you're not excluding yeah. girls by saying it. You're just not. What if you're saying instead of saying guys, girls, whatever? I just walk in a room, men, women in there, and I go, what up, my bitches? <laughs> I love it. I think that works. Can we agree on that? Can I we agree work. on my that's bitches? It. That's it. Let's All take right, it. that's it. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Kevin, do I want a fecal transplant or do I not want a fecal transplant? You don't want it, but you want to know about it. What happened okay. is Bean was out and Allie was out and Jensen mm-hmm. were out. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, Megan fill in with me, Megan Holiday, mm-hmm. and we introduced the audience to the fecal transplant. And I feel Why like you would guys you do that. I yes. feel like the three of you missed out. Oh, so just no. a quick course in what happens when you don't have enough good bacteria in your stomach. On novel approaches to rebalancing gut bacteria, the most drastic of which involves performing a fecal transplant. All right, so mm-hmm. you're you're really at your at the end of the rope. And you're like, okay, "Okay, listen, I need something to stop all my stomach trouble. I'll try anything at this point. No matter how crazy it sounds. Feces from a healthy donor. (laughs) Okay, you still in? (laughs) Wait. Oh. Feces from a healthy donor. No, I don't need to hear it again, Kevin. I'm just, I'm Uh, wrapping my head around it. You want to wrap your head around it, so I just thought. Feces from a healthy donor. Hmm. Where? Is how that starts. Where do they. Are transplanted into the guts of patients suffering from a condition called pouchitis. First of all, that's not true. Pouchitis isn't a thing. It's a made-up thing. <laughs> and so how, uh, how they, does it get to the hold gut? Hold up. Oh, God. Hold on. Oh, God. Luckily, I'm Jewish, so when I was born, they stopped my pouchitis. <laughs> First, the donor feces are blended with salt water. Okay, good. And then filtered. It sounds, I must admit, slightly revolting. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> sounds slightly revolting. No, it's filtered, so it's a little better. Now, right. Do they mix it with salt water because it tastes better that way? Uh, there's no, no taste. Oh, come on. There's I'm no trying taste. to figure out how they get it in the dude's stomach. You'll find out. The next stage is to put the fecal solution into the patient. We take a nasogastric tube. Down it goes, down the nose, presumably. Down the nose, into the patient's yeah. stomach. Oh, did, down not, the, did down not the think nose. nose. No, did not think we were going that way. Who saw down the nose Jensen. coming? No. Let's get out of here. I did not have down the nose in the office pool. <laughs> no. Oh, down my gosh. the nose. Can there Whoa. not be a better plan than that? Oh. I know. I'm with you, Allie. I would rather have them perform surgery and literally cu- cut open my stomach I'd and insert a, it that way. I'd rather have a catheter. I'd rather go through the front. I'd rather deal with having colitis or whatever <laughs> these people have. So this is a, a miracle new process, and it uh-huh. uh, turns out people have died from it. Hmm. Yes, yes. So they are. Uh, the Food and Drug Administration announced on Thursday that they are stopping uh, fecal transplants until they figure out what went wrong here. Oh, and I think no. they have some hints that it had to do with bacteria or something. I don't know, but I do know there's a person who will know. And it's our good friend, Dr. Mo, who I've just been informed has been coming on the Kevin and Bean show to talk us through medical issues. Is this right, doctor? For 16 years now. Can you believe that? What? 16 years. Wow. All right. Doctor- so far, do we have it all right as far as fre- fecal transplants? Well, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, oh, oh man, come on! <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, welcome. So to you poop actually talk. are you uh, actually are pooping out somebody else's poop, right? That happens. Sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of. All right. So the the reason this started 
was there was this thing called C. difficile, Clostridium difficile. And what happened was we take so many antibiotics for so many things that these antibiotics were wiping out normal bacteria, leaving behind in your colon this other bacteria called C. difficile. And it used to give you this like roaring bad diarrhea. So when you'd hear about these things called antibiotic-associated diarrhea, and that was pretty bad. Well, the problem was evolution happened, and the C. difficile got so bad and so toxic, it would literally rot your colon. Oh. All right. Yeah. Good okay. morning, everybody. Good morning. So, yeah, welcome to Poop Talk. So um, next is, so what they wanted to do is like, all right, well, if, if the good bacteria got wiped out, allowing the oh. bad one to take over, if you put regular stool that was, quote, healthy, unquote, back in there and repopulate it, it would sort of like, Get rid of the infection, and you know what? It worked. Have you done this? No. Oh, heck no. I'm just a surgeon. I just cut people open. Oh, but anyway. So, Do you also close them? <laughs> well, when they ask nice. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Rowe, um, how, long, how long has the fecal transplant procedure been around, and how many times do you estimate it has been used successfully before this death happened this week? Well, it's been going on for a couple of years, and some of the last studies showed it's got a 75 to 90% success rate with one treatment. Wow. So okay. There, wow. There, there is something here, yeah. And so okay. then the, when you guys talked about pouchitis, yeah. mm-hmm. well, you guys didn't realize how, and it, this sounds really strange, how cool and almost science fiction stuff that this British guy was talking about, what pouchitis is, is these patients are so sick. And, and they've had these diseases, probably like uh, some sort of inflammatory bowel disease. Anyway, they had their colon removed, and surgeons built a little new colon called a pouch out of their small intestine. And sometimes that needs, like, bacteria that's normally found in stool. So they figured out a way how to populate that pouch that was surgically created to create these people new colons with stool. What so you doing today, honey? Uh, I'm going to go in and I'm going to rebuild a I'm colon. I'm getting a robot colon. Uh, and I'm going to use somebody else's poop to do it. Yeah. All right. Good so luck. The pouchitis thing was actually a little bit cooler than it sounded like, although to the layperson it sounds freaking badass crazy. So anyway. So was the problem here, Dr. Mo, because you know, as usual, we never have as, as much time as we'd like with you, but is the problem here that this fecal matter, this healthy fecal matter that was put in somebody else's stomach reacted in a way that they did not expect. Right. So this brings us to the, the death issue, which was they're doing this uh, for patients that they called immunocompromised. So these are sick patients that probably have problems with bad bacteria that got wiped out by the good bacteria, and they're trying to repopulate it like we talked about earlier. And what's happening now is there are bacteria in normal people that are multi-drug resistant. And we actually talked about this on your show back in 2005, if you can believe it. Sure, I remember. I know. But... <laughs> What's happened now is in all of us, we have bacteria like staph and strep and E. coli that used to be able to be wiped out with one bacteria, but now are resistant to a whole bunch of them. And what happened in this case is a guy who was healthy didn't know he carried these like super versions of E. coli. And when they put them in these two patients, they got super sick and one of them died. Mm. So the FDA basically said, all right, we know this works in most people, but but this is a, a new twist on it that it didn't even dawn on them how this could possibly happen. Does this give us less of a chance of having to put somebody else's feces down our nose? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I feel like the death helps me in that case. I, I, think, I, 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 think you got, yeah, I think you're doing better, but remember the okay. nose thing is they put an NG tube down, so you didn't have to taste it, you didn't have to smell it. They basically put a 
thin tube oh. down your nose. Dr. Into Mo, your I'm not taking oh, your no. word for oh, it, no. bro. Uh, <laughs> you haven't had it yet, so I'm just going to say I do taste it and I do smell it. So. Okay. Hi, Jensen, uh, by the way. Uh, wow. Good morning. Yes, Good exactly. morning. Right. Fabulous. Uh-huh. Okay. Outstanding. Right. Wonderful. Right. Terrific. Right. Terrific. Good morning. Right. Yeah. This is okay. Good morning. Thank you. This is Dr. Bo. This is uh, the tip of the iceberg in a bigger problem where humanity is becoming uh, is developing more and more bacteria that are resistant to antibiotics. And down the road, this is going to be a way bigger problem than just one dude in a fecal transplant, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, Bigger no. And, Does that know, mean we're back in danger of somebody else's feces down our nose? <laughs> we wait, were just out of wait, danger 30 seconds ago. You're worried about feces down the nose? Yes. You forgot what Dr. Drew talked about the other day about typhoid and bubonic plague? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, infections we're in are going to kick our ass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Dr. Bo, we always appreciate your insight. He is the head of medical quality at St. Mary's Medical Center in Long Beach and a good friend, long time, of the Kevin and Bean Show. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again, sir. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. The Kevin and Bean Show. It's cool. I'm guessing it's many things. Cool is probably the one thing it's not. It's not. The world famous K Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on the world famous K Rock. It's coming up on 8 a.m. It's uh, just Muggs and I holding down the fort during this holiday season. We we live here now. Yeah. We don't leave the studio. We have sleeping bags, and then every mm-hmm. morning we wake up and do these things, which, sh- are, which are called what's happening. Yeah, I shower in the sink. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. How Now you lay in it? Sit well, in it like a baby? I sit in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I was sitting in it like two hours ago, mm-hmm. and a couple of the employees came in, and they were... Mad? What? Yeah. Hmm. I would like to see it. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on. A Wisconsin woman called police this past weekend. She didn't have an emergency or really need any immediate help. She was dealing with a totally different dilemma. Mm. She was angry about... Hmm, let me guess. Let me guess. Mm-hmm. There weren't enough pepperonis on her pizza that was just delivered. Oh, very, very close. Really? V- weirdly close. Uh, just a lie? She was angry about her chicken sandwich from KFC. From KFC? From KFC. Authorities responded to a KFC restaurant at 8 p.m. after an unidentified woman contacted them, claiming the KFC drive through employee was, quote-unquote, giving her attitude. Oh, The ordeal began when the woman ordered a chicken sandwich but received an incorrect order, and KFC staff offered to make her another sandwich, but she apparently refused to eat it. Now, what was wrong? Uh, Give you this. Eat it. Yes. So, what was wrong with the employee's attitude? Uh, Well, she called the police. She was stalled in the drive-thru. Okay. So, she wouldn't move her car. That's good. Once they arrived, she told them she got a new sandwich but did not feel comfortable eating it and wanted her money back. Wow. Officers immediately told both the woman and the restaurant that this was not a police issue Mm -hmm. and left after making sure that she left the line. Now, the craziest part of this story, you would think this is the end of it. But the craziest part is that police responded to the same KFC location in Wisconsin last month when the restaurant's chicken fryer broke and a customer who was upset and had been waiting over 40 minutes for food called 911 to get them in trouble. Do they have anything better to do in Wisconsin? No. I'm happy you asked that question. The answer is no. <laughs> Straightforward. I don't have any follow-up. It's just no. And do they know how 911 works? No. And again, <laughs> again, no. Uh, have you ever called 911? Uh, I don't think I have, hmm. thankfully. I don't think I've called 911 no. either. I mean, on accident. <laughs> Destiny, have you called 911? You have. Is it a good story or is it one you don't want to talk about? 
Yeah, my friend, uh, one of my coworkers actually was having some like heart trouble. Okay. Oh. And he's like, call 911. I was like, wait, are you like, is this really happening? And they were like, 911? Yeah. And so I called 911. They showed up. They're like, hold on. We're we're dealing with a broken uh, (laughs) chicken fryer. Chicken fryer. (laughs) Tell your friend to hold on. Does he look like he's having a heart attack? Because right now we're dealing with a fry machine (laughs) over at a McDonald's in Wisconsin. Uh, Anyway. That's crazy. It's crazy that she's. 911 is a joke. 911 is not a joke. Oh. There are people. They are uh, first responders, yeah. and God bless them. Uh, that, that woman was treating him like a joke. Correct. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Good point. Uh, if you are stressed in your life, whether it's about work or relationships or anything that could raise your anxiety, it seems scientists have come up with a simple solution, and it's not good news for us in this room. Is it weed? It's not weed. It's not It's not what you use. They're focusing on deep sleep. Mm. Yeah. New research published in Nature Human Behavior by UC Berkeley scientists suggests that one of the functions of non-rapid eye movement, known as NREM or REM sleep, uh-huh. uh, is to help reset your anxiety-ridden brain. This probably doesn't come as a shock to people, but this link is now directly, uh, I guess, proven, uh, which is good. Yeah. Now, here are some issues with us. Our job has us waking up around, I wake up at 4.15, mm-hmm. mugs. About around that time. Destiny, same 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 time? 3.30. Oh, Ooh. I don't even, I didn't even want to hear that. That's me. brutal. Now I don't even like working with you. <laughs> uh, here are some helpful tips from researchers at Berkeley on how to get to REM sleep. All right, one, go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, even after a bad night's sleep or the weekend. Yeah, not going to happen for me. See, I kind of do that. You do do that. I do do that. You're I'm in bed like, like 8. 8.39. Yeah. yeah. I don't, uh, latest I've seen in the last year and a half is 10. And, and I went to a Clipper game once and was like, never again on a weekday. <laughs> Keep your bedroom temperature cool. Around 65 degrees is optimal for cooling your body for sleep. Well, I do that. Oh, I'm there. Yeah. I'm I'm almost 63 at times. I only work so I could pay my air conditioning bill. Yeah. Destiny? Uh, probably around, yeah, it's right. like 65. Yeah, I don't turn the heat on. Great. An hour before bedtime, dim the lights and turn off all electronic screens and devices. Nah, nah, Don't son. do that, dog. That ain't happening, dog. I'm on my Insta. I gotta, I gotta store. check. I gotta check who's dropping pictures of food. Yep. I gotta play my weird word game that mm-hmm. I play for 30 minutes before bed. Yep. It also says blackout curtains are helpful. We don't have those. Don't either. have those. If you can't sleep, get out of bed and do something quiet and relaxing until the urge to sleep returns. Then go back to bed. Well, I do something I was gonna say, I don't relaxing, mugs. but it's not quiet. No. <laughs> He's so loud. <laughs> mugs by himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't sleep. How dare you by myself, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's but true. It, yeah, it it is, is I'm solo. Uh, avoid caffeine after 1 p.m. and don't ever go to bed tipsy. Whoa. Alcohol is a sedative, and uh, that's not sleep. It also blocks your REM, REM dream sleep as important as an important part of the sleep cycle. You can't go to bed drunk. That's funny, that's because so when weird. I go to bed drunk, I sleep great. Yeah, I mean, yeah me too. <laughs> imagine staying awake for hours. Yeah, I am out. Oh, I'm drunk. i got to stay up three or four hours. <laughs> what a creepo that would be. Anyway, I don't think any of us are going to be falling into this study. Nope. No. no anxiety getting rid of well said for us. Yeah, or proper English. <laughs> Uh, happy birthday to Mila Jovovich. She's an actress. You've seen her in Zoolander and Resident Evil. There's like 15 of those. Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Champion Manny Pacquiao, also politician. And Eugene Levy, who you know from Schitt's Creek and great movies like A Mighty Wind. And that's what's going on. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I'm Dan Aykroyd. I'm a Listen, hotshot, I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't care for you or for the putrid sludge you're troweling out. But until they change the laws to put you sleaze kings out of business, my job's to help you get back your stench-ridden boxes of smut. And since I'm going to be doing it holding my nose, I'll be doing it with one hand. Go ahead there, folks. Pick yourself up a couple of dolls. Ah, the morning consumption of mass quantities. Grid-like breakfast slabs, extruded mammal tailings, seared strips of swine flesh, and flattened chicken embryos. I will enjoy it. Hard to think of the most harmless thing. Something I loved from my childhood. Something that could never, ever possibly destroy us. Mr. Stay Puft. Nice thinking, Ray. Nenge! Nenge Yomboko! From Cameroon! Do you remember me? It's Lionel Joseph. Lionel! Meanwhile, if I can grab your share of the market, put a little coin in my pocket by being the asshole, well, what the hell, know what I mean? Boy, you sure are different in your TV commercials. Mr. Mayor, we're here tonight because a psychomagnetic slime flow of immense proportions is building up beneath this city. Gentlemen, I have a very simple philosophy. What you shove up your ass is your own business. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the greatest day in the history of the Kevin Abid Show. Actor, writer, comedian, musician, genius, the great Dan Aykroyd has joined us on K-Rock. Dan. Ah, that's some of that stuff. Is, it works, doesn't it? <laughs> right? It, it still <laughs> yeah. holds up, my I friend. I didn't do it alone. I had great collaborators. Oh, oh man. still but holds you, up. But you, you deliver it amazingly. Those uh, lines, but, some of them, I couldn't say if I practiced them 50 times. Well, the Jack Webb stuff, you know, he was a great writer. And uh, he loved L.A., of course, you know. And it, that was a definitive L.A. movie, you know, in a way. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I just took the cue. I, I went to Universal. I sat there and I watched 50 Dragnets, you know, over wow. a week's period. And then went and kind of imitated not only the right, uh, his, um, not only his voice and that, but I imitated his writing style, the way he just put words together. He was, he was great. Him and R.I. Senator, they were, they were great, great creators. Can you still get Tom Hanks on the phone if you need to? Um, you know, Tom told me that, uh, when my name comes up on his, uh, speed dial and the, uh, you know, on the display on his desk that he, that he will always answer it. There you ah. go. All right. There you go. That's nice. Right. Have yeah. you tested that? <laughs> yeah, I've called him a okay. couple of times. <laughs> Dan, we almost don't know where to start with you because we've all been fans our entire lives. We believe, and this is a consensus in the show, that Ghostbusters is in the top five comedy movies ever made. Do you concur? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's he going to say? No? What if he did? I mean, what's, what are the other four? I mean, Mad, 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 Mad World. Uh, Great what, movie. What, uh, well, we would put it in Animal House. Animal House. Stripes. Anything with Bill Murray in it. 
Caddyshack. Sure. Anything I mean, with Bill Caddyshack. Your era, your people, your era was Ramis, the greatest comedy yeah, ever made. And I the think. common denominator, of course, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. There uh, in Animal yeah. House and, uh, and, and Ghostbusters. Now, and I understand. Caddyshack. Tell me if this is true or if this is just some legend that has been created around you and the creating of Ghostbusters is that you're, you, A, are a believer. As was your father, as was your grandfather. And great-grandfather. It all started with Sam, the dentist there in uh, Kingston. Uh, he was uh, he was like the reviewer in town. If, you know, when a psychic act would come to town, uh, oh, this guy levitates. Oh, this guy's a great medium. Oh, this guy's trance-channeling. Oh, this is a precipitated painter. They're interesting because they sit there uh, with the canvas about four feet away, and they wiggle their fingers in front of a four or five hundred people, and... There's paint produced from there, from from nothing, basically. And so he was the guy that would say, no, nah, that was a hoax. No, nah, there's a trick there. Oh, that's the real thing. So he kept journals uh, in, in trunks, and we got his journals uh, from the 1920s. And uh, we had seances in the old farmhouse. We had a family medium uh, named oh, Walter Ashurst, who was a, a mechanic. I wish and, I was in your family. Same, you know, and Same. So my, my dad wrote a book, History of Ghosts. You can get it on Amazon, Rodale Press. I think we're trying to get it digitally re-released. But uh, if you uh, look at kind of uh, my, my great-grandfather's work, and he'd be very happy now at the exposure of this. Sure. Mm-hmm. Before our movie came out, no one knew what ectoplasm was, really. Outside I was just going to ask, is all of Ghostbusters real then? Is that how you wrote it? Uh, well, um, well, is certainly it a documentary, re- Mr. Uh, I would say so. <laughs> certainly that we took the research of the American Society for Psychical Research, and, and uh, we, we we use that, and nobody knew what ectoplasm was. Right. I mean, millions of people now know what it is. Sure. And now you have these terrific shows, like Travel and Entertainment Channel. I love their love. stuff. Mm-hmm. The uh, the hospitals and the prisons and the places they go. Um, you know, there's ghost hunting societies in every county in the United States. Are you now. in one of them? Um, I'm not, but uh, I, I know that Ghostbusters helped originate and inspire these people to go and look into this stuff. And have now we have all seen, kinds of people Have you inquiring. seen a ghost for reals? I never have. I, I always thought that one got into bed with me when I lived up on Woodrow Wilson here in Los Angeles. And by the way, it's nice to be back in Southern California after the winter. Let's go back to the ghost in uh, Well, you know, that house was owned by Mama Cass. <gasps> and it was also a rock and roll house. And people used to come up from the strip. And people would walk up and in bare feet and hippie yeah. time. And nobody knew who was coming or going. And a guy, uh, so Mama Cass, she died in London, though. But ghosts travel. Sure. <laughs> they don't, <you laughs> know, no knows that. Well, they don't that. need a ticket. <laughs> that house is seen And so, so a one-night uh, friend of mine, he was a boxing champion for the U.S. Army. He said he saw a big black shape walk across the, the stairs. Um, and there was another guy that died in the house. He overdosed. And they buried him in the hillside. And the current owner of that house should know that, that <laughs> in the hillside there's some bones there. Oh. And that ghost, my, that seems important. my daughter saw him, and, his, and he had a little red-haired kid with him when she saw him. But one night I went home, and uh, Donna and I, uh, we had an experience where the, the jewelry on the desk started to do a little tor- tornado whirl. And once when I was alone in the house, I, I lay down, and I felt something depress against me, you know, like, like depress the mattress. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself... <sighs> You know what? What can I do about it? Nothing. Right. So I just kind of wiggled. What do you up mean? Against... What can I do? Don't you want to turn and look? Well, no. Of course, I was terrified. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and what can? And so I just kind of wiggled up against it and just went to sleep. Oh man! And it turned out to be a hippie. Maybe, I... maybe with a Richard. Maybe the we used to call him Richard, the, oh. the one that was buried. Maybe he was a same gender preference man. I don't know. One of my biggest dreams, not only to hug a bear, and if it killed me, that's fine. But another huge dream of mine is to have sex with a ghost. 
There's a great scene in the yeah, extended version. Yes, yeah, but the that's extended my scene, dream. In the extended that's my version. dream. Yes. You, you yeah, yeah, did yeah. my dream in that movie. <laughs> I know. She comes down and she uh, she undoes the belt. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yeah. That's become a bit of like a cult scene. People love that. She was like... a real woman. Uh, uh, her name was Kimberly Heron. Yeah. I wanted to ask, the legend around Ghostbusters is it's a, it's a miracle it got made. It was super, super expensive, right? And you guys had to write and and film it and edit it and do all those special effects in something like 10 months. I mean, it was unbelievable how fast this thing came together, right? Well, the, the, the uh, Columbia, Frank Price, uh, uh, and, uh, and the people at Columbia were, were excited about it, mm-hmm. uh, and they greenlit it, and we had Mike Ovitz as an agent, uh, of course, the great founder of CAA, mm-hmm. one of the greatest agents since, since Lou Wasserman in the business, and and he uh, he got it uh, railroaded right through. And Ivan was there. Billy was hot at that time, you know. Ivan and we, we were at the peak of our, or just starting the, to ascend to the peak of our career. So, um, and the the script was appealing. Once Harold and Ivan and I wrestled it into a shooting shape, it really was. The studio could see how this could work. The guy who didn't like it was Carlos Gozueta, who was the chairman of Coca-Cola Enterprises at the time, and that Coca-Cola owned the studio, and he saw the movie. Uh, you know, we got it made. It wasn't that expensive, around 30. That's what pictures were, were okay, being made yeah. for then. And uh, But he didn't like it. The chairman of Coke, he walked out and said, this is going to be... And then, then, and then when the Coca-Cola stock started to blip up, with the 13-week run we had at the top of the box office, he said, I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> now I love it. When people come up to you, everybody has their favorite quote from Ghostbusters. What do you hear the most? Is there one that you can point out and just go, everyone says that to me? Um, let me see. It just popped in there, I guess, is the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I get, uh, I get the Blues Brothers. It's 106 miles to Chicago. Sure. And, yeah. uh, we got a half it with full tank of gas, a half a pack of, uh, you know. Is that a satisfying thing to have written something a while back and still have people? You know what? Say I had a very nice uh, evening the other day in Los Angeles. Uh, about a month ago, I was back here, and Quentin Tarantino said, "Hey, we're showing the Blues Brothers at my theater. Would you like to come?" <laughs> All right. And so Quentin and I sat there with uh, with uh, at the New Beverly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, wow. we, and, and and I watched the movie. For the first time since it came out, with a with no. an audience of 500 people, That's so all cool. the laughs worked. John's performance wow. was amazing. amazing, and the Elwood character. There's barely a glimpse of me there. That's a buttoned-up performance, I must say. <laughs> uh, and, and the whole thing really, really worked. It just worked today. It was so wonderful. All the music, and uh, boy, it was. Well, uh, it was. It, you know, it really worked. I was. I was kind of. Uh, yeah. You should be. You that, should be proud. That makes it's sense. Lots of that makes sense that 500 people would go see that movie because that's. I mean, everyone loves it. Okay. I, on the other hand, find. One of my favorite movies of all time is Nothing But Trouble. My, I, You're young, I, Jensen. Uh, so, You're young. I'm so obsessed with it. it You're idea, young. My, my, when, my, when I lost my dad, not to make it sad, oh. uh, I didn't necessarily know what to do. You're in that weird position where you're like, what am I going to do? I, I opened up that movie and watched it for the first time since I was a kid. And I, it's like, it's like a, at that time, it was like an old-fashioned, it's like a mashed potato dinner. It's like it's comfortable like a comfort blanket. and it is such a great fun movie. It's the only thing you ever directed, correct? It is and uh, I guess what happened there was it's a very I would say it's a very serviceable comedy and uh, everybody was terrific in it John Candy and you know, it was a fun world, uh, but uh, we came out against uh, Silence of the Lambs that weekend. Oh, and, and another okay. big yeah. female picture, Julia Roberts in Sleeping with the Enemy and oh. Desert Shield started. Wow. So, 
the movie so really didn't have a chance. It didn't have a chance. Well, I'm, making it was, you sign, yeah. I'm making you sign a DVD of it for me. But beyond you that, bet. I, I, I like that picture. I do. You should. Yeah. Here, I got. I, this is a pin uh, of Judge yeah. Val. Of well, Judge well, Val well, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to go to Warner Brothers actually and say, hey, we should do uh, you know a podcast kind of weekly series with the Judge. You know, uh, I, please uh, remember me court, and everything uh, court, that I do for a living. Yeah. If I ever received an ability well, to, go, yeah, yeah, there's a hair, yeah, Dutch Hereford, you know, Judge. You come through my jurisdiction, I'll tell you right now, you get a speeding ticket, you get off. You're going to get off. Damn. You're going to party down, boy, I'll and tell you, you right ba- now. And you hate bankers. Oh. And you hate bankers. Oh, you betcha, you betcha. I'll introduce you to my daughter, Eldona, maybe get all hooked up and married up. It's Dan Aykroyd, guys. This is the Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. All right, um, we've done a couple of stories recently where a woman's uh, wedding ring, is that what it was? A woman's wedding ring with somebody's hair? Yes. Right? Yes. But we just, I mean, we've just been talking a lot about body parts. Which is odd. (laughs) Yeah. It is odd because there seem to be two or three stories sort of all clumped in the last week or so that are are like, okay, this one was worse than that one. Yeah. And then we started to talk about keeping body parts after after they get taken off of your body. Mm -hmm. And... For the most part, they won't let you do it. Well, that's what I thought too. Same. I, th- I thought you were not allowed. I thought that there was some sort of a law, some sort of policy in hospitals that you had to dispose of. What do they call it? Dangerous waste. Medical or? waste. Medical, Medical waste. Yeah, they yeah. have. A, they had its own trash can. <laughs> like, yeah, you, like they you do. Have, yeah, yeah. You have to yeah. put that stuff somewhere uh, uh, separate. But uh, Dave sent us an article about uh, uh, from Slate uh, Online that says that hospitals may forbid giving back removed body parts, but that there's nothing in the Joint Commission on Accreditation of Healthcare Organizations that regulates the wanting to take home a piece of your body. So sometimes they'll just say, no, it's illegal just because they don't want the hassle of it or they don't they're creeped out or whatever the reason is. But in reality, you can take a body part home. Bean's very happy. I'm very ha- I'm, I'm happy now, but it's a little late for my gallbladder, which I did ask for at the time I had it removed. And they said no, and they and, said it's a hospital policy? Yes, they said no. You can't take your gallbladder home. And I, I will was like, say. If you, I wanted it in a jar. Or imagine if you had it bronzed. <laughs> Bean, a bronzed, like you could have bronzed it and like put it up have. on the wall. It would have been like beautiful, that. yeah. And uh, Jensen, this came up the other day when we were talking about uh, what people save from birth, right? That's right. We've been talking about it, my wife and I, my wife and I have been talking about in biblical cord and things like that, like what we want to keep and what we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, placenta. That's well, another decision that did come up. I didn't know how early I wanted to speak about placenta, but <laughs> but basically, you know, people have it sent in and then turned into like a drink mm-hmm. and things like that that they put into their diet. It's pretty serious. Have you guys ever saved any body parts? Anything that has come out of or off of your body that you have saved? I'm scared to ask Allie after our recent conversations this week <laughs> as to what she memorializes from like her body. I think, like, I think a lot of people, not a lot, I think they're, it's not unusual to meet people who save baby teeth, right? Yeah, my mom mm-hmm. has my baby teeth. Really? Yeah, she has them in a little jar. That's. Uh... You guys think that's the weirdest part of my mom? No. Well, we <laughs> don't know your mom that well. Well, that you'll learn more and more as time goes on. That's okay. very on brand. Okay. Yeah. All right. What does she do with them? Nothing. Nothing. When we were going through. Is it through, just in a memory box? Yeah. When she was moving, when we were moving, we were going through stuff, and she goes, Here's your baby teeth. And I went, <laughs> and I just slowly walked out the door. Just backed up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was shocked to hear she kept them, but it makes total sense. Um, if you lost uh, if you lost a body part, Kevin, if you uh, lost a finger or lost a, a foot or something like that, would you have any interest in taking it home with you? Not 1%. Mm-mm. No. I, I don't know what I would do with it. It'd be a, it'd be a great uh, party starter. 
Would, would it be? <laughs> yes. Hey, listen. Uh, I can't help but notice there's a foot on the yeah. wall. Yeah. Yes. And you're you're limping. Um, <laughs> that'll get the party started. Uh, those go together. <laughs> is, that, is that yours? Is a good question to ask. <laughs> I don't believe that's a party starter. Uh, what other kinds of body parts might people save that you guys have heard about? Because I'm curious to know what we're going to get here. What else? I mean, or, I would think organs oh, organs would be one. Yes. That, if, that people would want. I would assume because of the creepy factor that there's fingernails slash toenails. Yes. For people sure. definitely have read stories about that before. Yeah. People who keep fingernails and toenails. We had a guest on here. Um, I feel like he was the guy that did Elevator, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and if it wasn't, was. I apologize. But said he had jars upon jars of fingernail clippings. Yeah. That he kept. That's gross. That's gross. It's not. Bean, yeah. You would. You asked um, for yours. I did ask for my gallbladder, yes. Mm-hmm. And I would and I would want anything they could cut off of me. Why? Absolutely I would. What what would you um cuz you're not using it for a party starter. You don't have parties. Right. That's actually a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure why. I guess I guess what it is you feel like why throw it away? Because you know I mean? it's it's waste at that point. I mean, I can't argue that you're wrong. Okay. I like the idea that someone would have a house like a, like a hunter, where they have all the heads up on the wall. You know what I mean? Of everything mm-hmm. they've gunned down, right? Like, but of all your body parts that you've had removed, just in sort of your den. How many do you picture? Body well, I'm parts thinking of a very very sick person. Okay, <laughs> someone barely surviving. <laughs> well, I'm down. I'm down two uh, two organs already. Obviously, I'm down a kidney and I'm down a gallbladder. If I could just if I could just get my appendix out and get my spleen out, I'd have the start of a collection. Did you have I'm your saying. tonsils removed? I did not. I still have them. Oh, well, you could get them removed just for this room we're making. Yes. It's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> Jensen is redecorating for me. All right. Let's uh, take a couple of calls. Why don't we start with Pam in Granada Hills, please? Line three. She is first up on our cavalcade of oddities. Uh, Pam, what'd you save? Um, my best friend's wisdom teeth in high school, and then I made a necklace out of them and wore it to the 10-year reunion. <laughs> wow. The commitment to the bit is what I'm most wow. impressed with. Ten years later, so you did this to be funny, to shock. Why? No, well, I kept my wisdom teeth too, and and I told her when I when she brought them to me that that I would make jewelry out of them, and then I did for the ten year. I also kept my my daughter's belly button, <sighs> so it's like it's the umbilical cord. It actually has three veins kind of intertwined. It's really and it's really. Beautiful, actually. I didn't uh, make jewelry out of that, though. Define okay. beautiful. <laughs> and what do you do with it? It's in her box of baby, like, pictures and booty things that you keep. You know, every mom has a box of... Like a memories box, yeah. 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 Hmm. Okay. Hmm. And does it deteriorate at all, or is it still in pretty good shape? Yeah, no, it, it, it turns, I don't know how to... It got hard. It's not it's not rotting in a bag or anything like that. <laughs> okay. okay. And how how much would you be willing to part with it for? <laughs> Are you on the market, well, Bean? Part- this is what we're doing. Bean's buying money. I'm looking for some things for my collection. There, All right. There truly is a, a thin line between Pam and Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Very thin. Oh, I didn't eat any of it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. right. Sure, Pam. Thank, thank you for the call. You saved a body part. We want to talk to you next on K-Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. I just want to point out that the first person we talked to made a necklace out of her best friend's teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the the long con. 
bringing it to the 10-year reunion. Right. Right. Uh, Very strange. That's a commitment, though, that I, I do envy. Mm-hmm. That right. bit, right. Yeah, like she bet. held on to it for 10 years just for the reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Dear uh, Kevin and Bean, Lily Allen writes in, I had to have a piece of my kneecap removed, and I asked the doctor if I could keep it, but he said, no, it's not sanitary, plus he had to send it to pathology. I had to settle for just a picture. So poor Lily Allen. Oh, man. That must have been rough. Without, without that piece of her kneecap. That's for show and tell. All right, let's get right back to your calls. Let's talk to John Sandimas. He's up first, line four, please. All right, good morning, John. Hey, good morning, Kevin and Bean. What's up? How are we doing? We are good. What did you keep? Kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of weird. And I don't know if uh, the whole audience or you guys even know what they are. Okay. But skin tags? Uh, oh, sure. I've had those removed. Know them well, yeah. I don't know what yeah. skin... What they're just little, they're small tags. little growths on your skin. You know, uh, maybe you don't have them, but they're just like... They'll pop Armpit. up and you're like, what is this? It's like a it's like a small tag that they just remove. It, a beauty mark without the color. Okay. You know what I mean? A mole without the color. Why, why do you keep them? Well, it, okay, so to, how to remove them is you take like a fishing wire or a string and you tie it around it really, really tight. Then you tie the other end no, to no, the no. bumper John, of a truck. Uh, I, I, the, way to, the way to remove them is uh, to go to a dermatologist and they freeze them off. I do, I do want to address the audience listening that he is not a doctor. <laughs> I mean, and I do not suggest fishing wire. <laughs> no, you do. You do. No, you don't, you don't John. Truck, you don't tie it to a door. You don't slam a door or anything like that. You just leave it on there and it falls off by itself. Why do you keep right? it? After like two or three days. Why the do blood you keep, goes to the water. Right. Why do you huh? keep it? What do you do with it? Well, okay. Well, they're all different sizes, so it's kind of interesting. Have you filled up a little, jar? They get bigger. They get bigger, and then there's blood, so they're purple and red. Okay. Like, oh, wow, that's oh, really, God. you're selling it. John, I mean, you're making me want to do it. John, can I interest you in seeing a dermatologist and finding out why you have so many? Selling my ex-girlfriend, so I used to. Keep the okay. All right. Your ex-girlfriend was a hundred percent right. There. <laughs> yes. You should not have dismissed her so quickly. <laughs> He's like, but look at the jar. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done Same. with John, but yeah. I appreciate your call and thank you so Lord. much. Let's try. Uh, let's try Deuce in Oceanside. I don't think we saw this one coming. Line seven, Deuce. What's what's the deal here, dude? Morning, guys. Morning. Uh, so, way back in the day, I stretched my ears out and I had them down to inch and a, inch and three quarter plugs. Oh, wow! And then I got a suit job, so you know I had to cover up the tattoos and right. take out all the piercings. Mm-hmm. So I had the ears sewn up, and when they sew them up, they actually cut around, so it looks like a little octopus sucker. That's and, rad. Uh, I got, and then I, I I got both of them, and I kept one in a jar filled with formaldehyde and put it on my desk as a reminder of you know my kind of. I used to be a rebel, man. Yeah. Now I'm at a desk. Yeah, <laughs> your cool days, right? <laughs> and then uh, tied the other one around a lanyard and hang it off the uh, rearview mirror in my truck. Okay. Oh, right, my. We have insane listeners. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it, but this is terrifying. This is so much better than we thought. Better slash worse than we yeah, thought. I'm never doing a meet and greet again. <laughs> um, Deuce, keep doing what you're doing. The Thank you so jar. much. Uh, okay, he's I'm still so, talking. I, okay, we're okay, He can't hear us. He doesn't have earlobes. <laughs> Let's go to Emily, line eight. She's in Covina. Apparently, she had an unsuccessful attempt to save a body part, but let's give her some credit for trying. What's going on, Emily? Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, So when I was 14 years old, I had an eight-pound ovarian cyst removed. Oh, eight pound. (laughs) (laughs) um, Listen to how joyful she is. 
Uh, it's, it's one of my like favorite stories. Um, so I asked to keep it, and the doctor said no because I had to have it biopsied and everything. Uh, but I made them take pictures, and apparently when they like cut me open, it just popped out because it was so big. So um, I made copies, and I passed them out to all of my friends as birth announcements. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I was a teenager. Like, I, was, I thought it was funny. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I have, you know, these pictures of this massive cyst, and they also took out, like, my appendix and, like, half my reproductive system. So... Do you have uh, all that? I'm successful at keeping it. I know they didn't okay. let me keep any of it. Sons oh, of bitches. Boo. Boo. I know. I know. You could have had a house of horrors, and now look, you got nothing. <laughs> Emily had a cyst that's the size of what they predict my baby's going to be. Really do. Eight wow. pounds. It's unreal. E- Emily, yeah. you sound like a lot of fun. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it so much. All right. Let's say hi to Jessica. She's on line four, and she joins us from Los Angeles. It's just getting weirder, you guys. Hey, Jessica. It's How can just... it get weirder? Well, oh, let's wait. see what Jessica has to say. <laughs> hi, Jessica. Hi. Um, so my mother-in-law kept my husband's foreskin in his baby book. Good night, everybody. Oh, okay, wait. No. <laughs> All right, hold on. So they circumcised your husband when he was a baby, and his mother kept it. Yeah, I was going through the baby book, and I was like, oh, is that his umbilical cord? She's like, no, that's his foreskin. I mean, Mm -hmm. is it it weirder than an umbilical cord, really, if you think about it? Yes, Um, yes, I thought about it. It is. Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica agrees. Okay, weird, too. So your your mother-in-law kept a piece of your husband's penis. Yeah. And did you ever have a conversation with her about that? Were you cool with it? No, I would never bring that up again. <laughs> yes, again. okay. okay. Did you bring it up once and it went poorly? It, it would have been a crazy yeah, like, okay. wedding ring, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That was enough. <laughs> that was enough, yeah, I think so, huh. too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jessica. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's been a while, but it's time for the Fast Food Report. KROQ 106.7 FM through the magical wonderment of radio airwaves brings you the Fast Food Report with your dude with the lowdown on chain restaurant food, Jensen Carp. Pooped my pants. He'll get his hands dirty with grease and face covered in cheese. He's your direct line to delicacies and calories. He's Jensen Carp. Take it away, gumshoe. Oh, thank you, Detective Khan. Uh, listen, <laughs> we're going to start in Tennessee where pizza chain Little Caesars is pushing the boundaries of not only the traditional pie, but also good taste. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the Frito Pie Pizza. Frito Pie Pizza? This you, is, mean, you mean Fritos as I'm in talking, the chip? I'm talking Fritos, I love baby. Fritos. This is a large, thin crust pizza with chili cheese sauce, taco sauce, and cheese, all topped with a bag of chili cheese Fritos. It touts over 2,500 calories per yes. pizza and will run you just $10. So I ask you with the utmost respect, 
Frito pie pizza. Chili, please, or chili, no thank you. Eat it or beat it. We'll start with Allie. Chili, no thank you. Beat it. All right. Uh, Kevin? I am giving that a good try. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. I was concerned as to what button I would press, but I now know. Uh, Bean, what are you thinking? That sounds like the worst food item you have ever brought us, gents, and I am a strong beat it. Beat it. It does sound like something that would put Paul Pierce in a uh, wheelchair. (laughs) Uh, All right, Little Caesars. It's like the college freshman co-ed of pizza joints. They're ready to experiment. Because here's a second item for you. Okay. The chain's new Quattro Crust Pizza. Currently tested in only Kentucky and Virginia. It's a large pepperoni pizza with four distinct crust flavors split up in quarters. One crust is topped with jalapeno slices. Another fourth covered in bacon. Another slammered with cheese. And one last grouping, assorted spices. Mm. So it's almost like four different crusts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Four different pizza In choices. one pizza. In one pizza. One pepperoni pizza. It, it's, not a, it's not only almost like that. It's exactly yeah, that. Yeah, right. Thank you for the detail. It comes with two free ranch sauces and seems perfect for the family of four where each member hates each other and each other's preferences. <laughs> so I ask you, Quattro Crust Pizza, eat all four or ignore. Eat it or beat it. We'll start with Kevin. I'm going to say beat it. Beat it. You only want one crust. Just make me a pizza. Okay. I don't, I don't need to have four different sides. Fair enough. <laughs> Bean, do you have as basic of thoughts? I do. <laughs> How it's dare a, you? It's an overly complicated item that is not needed. Look, you order the pizza with the crust that you like. Mm. No, this is just too... Uh, nobody needs this. Beat, beat it. it. Allie, what are you thinking? I feel like I want to taste the spicy crust. See mm-hmm. what that's all about. I've got friends that'll like the jalapeno crust. Let's do this. I'm eating it. I believed you till you said you had friends. Aww. Happy to see KFC back in the fast yes. food report. Even if it means we have to travel to New Zealand for the return of the Double Down. You may remember its brief run in the States a few years back as the original included Colonel's, the Colonel's special sauce, bacon, and two slices of cheese between two full original recipe chicken fillets. Mm-hmm. The actual chicken worked as the buns. So let's focus on New Zealand's newest, Bacon Lovers Hash Double Down. <laughs> By the way, oh. they all have mar- they have marketing departments. Keep that in mind. One more time, I'm going to tell you. That's not a placeholder title? No, no, no. This is the official title, gotcha. Bacon Lovers Hash Double Down. This variety consists of bacon A's, which I need to know more about, double bacon, two slices of cheese, and a hash brown between two original recipe chicken fillets. It's like breakfast if you're staying up in hopes of clogging an artery. (laughs) It's intense, but the time has come. I ask you, bacon lovers, hash double down, fry or die, eat it or beat it. Bean, we'll start with you. Why is KFC trying to kill their remaining customers? This is what I don't understand. It's true. It's it's definitely a cholesterol heaven. Um, this is uh, not for me for many many reasons. Beat but, it. but I suspect there are a lot of people out there who really just go for it with mm-hmm. their diets, and I'm going to allow it and say eat it. Do we know anyone? Wait, who, what? Uh, wait, you said what? Hold up. So you, you said, said eat it? it's not for you, but it's, you want to change your vote to eat it? It's definitely not for me, oh but I think it sounds like a great product for I've other people. That's not the question. But Bean, I've, pr- I've pressed the beat it. <laughs> the question oh. is, do, would you eat it or beat it? In a billion years, I would never eat this okay. monstrosity. Okay, because I can't take it back. Ooh. Okay, I was fair nervous. enough. Allie, sorry, to, sorry to disrupt the, the flow here. But wow. I think a lot of people out there might be interested in... <laughs> but I personally think it's disgusting. <laughs> Allie, eat it or beat it. Well, uh, he is correct. A lot of people would be interested. It's not I the question. I am one of them, and I will eat it. Wow. Wow. Kevin? Hardcore 
Beat it. Beat it. It's a chicken. It's a hash brown. It's bacon. Beat Those it. three things rule. Put how them together. Are you, how are you a beat it, Kevin? This is right up your alley. I'm going to say something that's going to be a tiny bit controversial. Oh, God. Sure. If you say you don't like Not bacon. Not a huge fan of bacon. <gasps> Whoa. That noise hurts. I didn't know we worked with an actual monster. <laughs> who made that Kevin. noise? That was Allie. That was that Allie. Oh, uh, who else did you think? You're good what, about? Who would you think? I, I couldn't. I couldn't figure oh, it out. Kevin, I yeah. don't even know you anymore. Like it? Don't love it. Jeez. You seem don't like the kind of guy who would have a meal just of bacon and syrup. Bacon and syrup. <laughs> sure. Yes, that I would have. Um, no, I just. Uh, it's okay. I can't believe I, I have to continue the fast food report after I finding can't that either. out. I am I am out of breath just hearing yeah, that. King that of like Mexico says punch. today I am no longer friends with Kevin. <laughs> Honestly, I, I was surprised when Bean said he was moving, but this is more surprising. <laughs> Absolutely. I just picture that Kevin eats like Will Ferrell and Elf. That's what I picture. So this is stunning to me. <laughs> <sighs> I'll move on. When it comes to trends in fast food, they catch on fast. And with the recent implementation of King's Hawaiian bread at both Arby's oh. and Sonic, you wonder, how will a chain take it to the next level? Well, let me introduce you to Aloha Style at Subway. Starting June 27th at select shops in Champaign, Illinois, Reno, Nevada, and Richmond, Virginia. I thought that kind of detail would be nice. You can say those words, Aloha style, and be served any sandwich on the menu in an 8-inch Hawaiian roll with a deluxe portion of meat and double the cheese. Now, something else worth noting, they will be the first restaurant ever to freshly bake King's Hawaiian bread inside the store. So they're promising the same fresh taste that you're used to from growing up. So I ask you, Aloha style at Subway, hang 10 or wipe out. Eat it or beat it. Kevin, we'll start with you. I'm going to eat it. I love Hawaiian bread. It's a real trend in fast food. It's fantastic. Allie? Absolutely. Eat it. Bean? It's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes, eat it. Eat it. Uh, well, that is the fast food report, but more importantly, when do we get rid of Kevin on the show? Can he Not move? soon enough. Signing off for Carol Q 106.7 FM, that was the fast food report with Jensen Carp. It's Kevin and Bean. K-U-Rock. Carol Q. It's that time of year where you're giving gifts to people. You want to be a thoughtful gift giver. But always, yeah. There's always somebody... Like, Omar's the kind of person that will think all year and give yes. you a very thoughtful gift, and then you feel bad for going to Target and getting him a gift card. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what he I mean? Does, like, he, he gets gifts according to that person. Yes. It's never something, oh, everyone can use this. It is tailored specifically to you. Yeah. I want to say- And we, that's annoying because that makes it harder on me. Yes. It's hard. Okay. Yeah. We do a Secret Santa. Yes. Uh, and this year, I want to say I'm moving up in the rankings. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. I feel very confident. What does about, that mean? Your gift is good? My gift is good. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think so, mine's pretty good, too. I'm coming for the number two spot is what I'm saying, Alex. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got news for you. Mm-hmm. I have won this Secret Santa. Hmm. I'm telling you right now, I have won it. All right. It's not a game. Again, there's no competition with Secret <laughs> Santa. Having said that, I may have won it. Oh. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Having said that. Nope, not the guy who gave me a $20 shirt last yeah. year. He's talking. Okay. I, uh. The guy I have, or the person I okay, have. All right, oh, how about enough. that? Okay. Oh, wow. Here, he, honestly. Well, it's not you, Allie. It's not you, Destiny. Don't so I'll just leave it like that. Or, or, or Casey. Or Casey. Or Casey. Right. But the person I have. <laughs> that's all the girls, by the way. For the record. I, the, the majority of people <laughs> yeah. work here. No. Or maybe I do. Maybe I'm just throwing you off. Right. Sure. Oh, or maybe maybe, maybe he's, he's just really good. Or maybe he's gender fluid. <laughs> yes. Right? He doesn't even see gender. The person I have 
I feel is really hard to shop for. Hmm. Okay. So I don't know what yeah. I'm gonna do. So you have Kevin. To hmm. <laughs> no, to impress this person. Okay. Oh, you want to impress? No, them. it's not impressing. Totally it's just being kind. Yeah. It's not impressing. No, yeah. I want to impress. Yeah, you want to impress okay. him. I mean, there's a ranking boss. board. We, we got it. Gotta, you gotta there work is a the... ranking board. Yeah. I mean, so. by the way, <laughs> just for the record, I'm at the bottom of the ranking board. So. Okay. For what that's worth. All right. So we thought we'd come up with some gifts that perhaps you could consider if you need a gift for somebody. Yeah. A gift guide. A gift guide. Mm-hmm. It's the Kevin and Bean gift guide. You want to spread that Christmas cheer. Ho, 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 ho. Kevin and gift guide. But you don't know what to give this year. Kevin and gift guide. We're here for you. Right by your side. It's Kevin and gift guide. So you That was masterfully done by Omar. Honestly, how we're not calling the show Kevin and is beyond me. Because he said it's the Kevin and (laughs) gift guide. A little bit of a vocal. That's so funny. Uh, Yes. Oh, dear. I'd like to start. Okay. Bluetooth banana phone. Okay. This is a thing. It is. A full banana that works on Bluetooth. I love it so much. This is a great idea. That's actually the phone. You can actually talk in it and use your phone that way. Yes. Yes. A Bluetooth banana phone. Just imagine walking down the street nope. and being like, yes, right. yes, nope. yes, sir. <laughs> right. Uh, yes, I'll be home soon. And or it works by Bluetooth. <laughs> imagine walking down the street and you're like, is that a banana in your pocket? And you're like, yes, yes. it's my phone. How did you know it's my phone? Oh, that's awesome. A Bluetooth banana phone. Does it have the price on there? Um, $40. Nice. And some of the money goes to gorilla conservation. Correct. Oh, my gosh. This is a site where there's a lot of places also donate to... Um, charities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Nice. It's called Uncommon Goods. Oh. And I go there a lot. And I have others, but you guys go ahead. They've Excellent. received pre-orders for 1,000 units from 18 countries. And they, they had an Indiegogo where they raised $45,000. Love it. I love it. They deserve it. I can't wait to walk around holding a banana for my phone. That's a great idea. I, uh, I Can I? Can yeah. I give you my Please. Gift? Okay. We've talked about this before a little bit on the show because I was given it from my wife and... <clears throat> sorry, my wife. And everyone was like, oh, that's such a good gift. I am giving you all the information so that you can do it in your life as well. It's on Etsy. His name is... And I'm I'm going to spell it out for you. But it's Home Sir Laloon. H-O-M-M-E-S-U-R-L-A-L-U-N-E. But his real name is Gerard. And he creates outstanding custom pet portraits. Incredible custom pet portraits. You send him a picture of your dog or cat, and really any pet that you call by your first name. Could be a pig if you're a weirdo like Bean was. Mm -hmm. Um, And you turn them into digitally painted regal portraits. I love that. It's beautiful, the work he does. stunning. He may put them in a robe and crown of a king or like a vintage Amelia Earhart aviator getup, hat and scarf, glasses. Uh, They look like they could be in like the Louvre. Uh, your cat wears a velvet jacket and smokes a pipe or Amazing. is an Apollo 13 astronaut or a police portrait, graduate class photo from the 80s. There are 34 options on wow. his, on his website it. now. When we bought one, there were four options. So he has amped it up. Yeah. Um, I, I collect art for, as a hobby, mm-hmm. but nothing in my entire house, no matter how much I've spent or how, quote unquote, good the artist is, gets as much attention as Brunch and Bill in a Renaissance painting. And brings as much joy. It's so great. Uh, it's stunning. $80 is the cheapest on mm-hmm. there, which I think is incredible for an original piece of art. Yeah. I know it's a little more on the expensive side, yeah. but for a family member, that's incredible. It goes up to 125 based on the size of the canvas, but it's ready to hang when you get it, and it is such a thoughtful, loving gift. I think yes. we're, we're going to be putting out links for the things we're yes. talking about. Mm-hmm. 
So you can just use that link at, at Kevin and Bean on Twitter or, uh, yeah. So I love it. That's mine. Well, I have uh, two. My first Le one is... Yeah. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah. That's how you say his okay. name. Okay. How do you spell it? Say it again. Say it. Le maître. It's okay, H-O-M-M-E. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, no. that's how you do it. Le maître. Yeah, that's right. Thank okay. you. All right, mine, um, I have two. The first one is a quick one. It's only $10, but I'm telling you, it's going to change your poo game. What? Um, <laughs> it's going to change your poo game. Is that what you're looking for at Christmas? And, but literally your poo game. Okay. Because it's a putting green to put right in front of you. Yes. As you're pooping. Look at this picture, Muggs. Listen Look at Muggs. this guy. Look oh, at my how, God. It's the greatest picture because it's literally a guy sitting on the toilet with his pants around his ankles <laughs> and a putting green and he's in front putting. of him. Yeah, it's I'm a never little, getting off the putt. No, it's a little <laughs> putting green in front of you and then you've got your little club. You've got a little um, inflatable area that you get the hole in. My goal when I go... What? The golf ball in the hole. <laughs> My you know, goal when I go to the bathroom is to get out. Well, yeah, oh, because no. how much extra is hemorrhoids? <laughs> you don't get That's hemorrhoids a great question. from yes, just sitting there. You get it from pushing too yeah. hard. Well, I think sitting on the toilet for a long time can also give you roids. Not no. if you put the putting green on top of the squatty potty. Oh, yes. Oh, that is a good point. So that it's almost like mini golf. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's oh. a hazard. I mean, I'm not judging. I don't know if it's mini. Um, here's my other one, which I think is the more real one. Okay. Also from Uncommon Goods, Kevin. Oh, okay. It is called a long-distance friendship lamp. Have you seen these? No. I have. You get I a saw lamp. them yesterday while looking, and I was like, no, I don't think I could pull that off. I think it is such a beautiful thought. You get two lamps, and you send one to somebody that lives far away. It could be your grandmother, could be your mom, your dad, your niece, your nephew, your kid at college. Mm-hmm. And whenever you think about them, you set it up wirelessly. Whenever you think about them, you touch the lamp, and their lamp emits a rainbow of colors so you know when your loved one is thinking about you no matter how far away they are i think that is one of the most beautiful things ever that you know what it would be good for what when instead of your parents sending an email when they're having sex they can just tap their lamp for oh you. my god right didn't even think about that that way they know you know what's happening at home you just ruined my long <laughs> no, friendship them the lamp. lamp. Get them the lamp. No, I don't know want. I don't want to know when they're boning yes, with a you rainbow. Do. Get no. the yes, of no. course you do. Ho, ho, ho. Kevin and Gift Guy. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.